I mean, it, listen, we're talking about practice. I am stressing to you. You take this outfit home and you burn it. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. We couldn't do diddly, poo, offensively. One-on-one, I'm undefeated. Never lost. High fly ball into right field. She is gone. That's over. It's reached. It's over. Way down top. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry. I thought it was going to Welcome to the Wide Open Sportscast. I am Rick. Hey, I'm Fed, and welcome to the almost world-famous Wide Open Sportscast. And this week we have a very special guest, a friend of the show, Jeff. Say your last name. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> yeah, how do you how do you say that? M A G L I O C C H E T T I. Nice. Now do it without looking at the laptop screen. I did not look at the laptop screen. I didn't. Hi, folks. This is. Jeff Magliacchetti, I'm a writer with the Giant Insider and EliteSportsNewYork.com, and I'll be talking a little NFL with you guys. Thank you guys for having me. And Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong, you've had a couple appearances on ESPN and TSN as well, correct? Yes, correct. Uh, ESPN Radio, TSN Radio, and SB Nation Radio. Ooh, very guests. nice. Very nice, man. Congratulations, Jeff. You're our first ever guest. Well, glad to be uh, part of such a historic case. Need a world, world famous reporter here, or soon to be. Jeff, oh. thank you very much for having <laughs> Coming on, uh, how was your commute here? I heard it was a little rough. Very rough? No, no, very enjoyable. Uh, of course, a little rough because I, could, I can't get to see college football scores and whatnot, but I'm sure they're working on that somehow. Yeah, very true, very true. How do you like working as a kind of like a beat Is it like a beat reporter, it would is, you say? It is a beat writer. It is yeah. a beat writer. I'm a beat writer for the uh, Giant Insider. We're a bi-weekly publication. Uh, you can get them through American Sports Media. Uh-huh. Uh, that's what you can get them from. You can also follow them on at Giant Insider on Twitter and Instagram, as well as my uh, Twitter account, at JeffMags5490, and my Instagram account, at JeffMags. So it's very fun being me, a big reporter. You know, you just go and it's uh, fun to cover a uh, NFL team going to their uh, facilities every day. So basically what I do, I'm the reporter. I go to all the practices. I used to live stream uh, – the press conferences via Periscope, but the NFL, you know, put the kibosh on that with their social media rules and whatnot. So we can't do that much of that. No anymore. fun league. No fun league. <laughs> Jeff, before we continue, Roger, bring, Roger, bring, Roger, bring the mic a little bit closer. You can probably bring it closer oh, so you sure can stay thing. back, yeah. Man, yeah. Save it the point. <laughs> yeah. All right, nice. go ahead. Sorry. No, no, mean... totally fine. But, uh, Roger, he didn't mean it, so uh, don't don't fire me or anything. Don't find me, all right? That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Now, Jeff, my question for you, obviously, Jeff, you and I have known each other since fourth grade. Uh, Jeff if not, I, early, is it only fourth grade? Yeah, fourth grade. Started. Jeff and I went back. We used to play uh, peewee football together for the Wayne PAL. Uh, actually, I have the Michigan game on, best team in college football. Yeah, um, right. Our helmets were the Michigan helmets. Oh, my God. Best years of my life right there. But Jeff, growing other up. Other college, of course. Other college. Growing <laughs> up a Cowboys fan, how is it working for the Giants? <laughs> Yes, folks, it is true. I did grow up a Cowboys fan. Sean knows all about that. Trust me. We used to our wars about the Giants, the Cowboys, and Eagles used to, uh, you know, there be casualties. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. But uh, look, I'll put it this way: it's fun. It's if it's fun being in there. It's fun covering an NFL team from the inside, no matter who it is. And at the end of the day, they're technically paying my bills. So yeah. true. <laughs> How am I going to complain about that? Do you I mean, um, a, remember our bets we used to do? Even though I would always say no to them because I always lost because <laughs> the Eagles are just a joke. Um, remember when we would do whoever won the season series or whoever won this playoff game? You would have to take a picture 
in the opposing team's attire, and you have to make your Facebook profile picture for a week. I do recall that, and if I recall correctly, you still have not fulfilled your portion of that bet from the year 2009. I still have the picture actually up on Facebook. 2009. I'm a proud fan. If you don't remember that, the Cowboys swept them three times, so I think you should keep that up for a year. That's (laughs) happened a few times, okay? I try to be an honest Eagles fan. I try never to make any type of bets like that with, like, Patriots fans or Bengals fans or Ravens fans because I would just die if I had to do something like that. Anything with sports. My high school team we coached, we had a really big game yesterday. And some of the people in school were asking soccer. us soccer, for soccer. Right? Yeah, yeah. They're asking us, uh, "What Still do you th- what do you think the um what do you think the score is going to be? Like, give us a prediction." And me and the head coach is like, "No, like we're not we're, we're superstitious. We're not we're not giving you it." Uh, we ended up winning three to two, so it was a great nice. win for the Congrats. first time we'd beaten that school in years. Oh, cool. um, but with the we get on the bus and my head coach just looks at me and smiles and goes, "Yeah, I had plus I had five as the over under for goal score and had us at plus one." <laughs> Wow. Ended up being three to two, and we won by one. <laughs> yeah, well, that's crazy. Well, that would be a pretty weird American football score, personally, a three-two final. Yeah, yeah I, a it, field goal and a safety. Uh, yeah. Jets, Colts without Andrew Luck. Yeah, right. Or the Rams with anyone. True. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, let's jump into it. So what, this yeah, show you know. is pretty much we're doing like kind of a special thing. We're doing a uh, NFL only show, kind of just like a preview of the season. Even though we did miss one game, we're going to talk about that first. But pretty much the. The premise of the show is where I go through the AFC first, then the NFC first, see which teams we're thinking like make it, which are not, uh, which one are going to die in this season, and then uh, and then give our final predictions: who's going to who's going to make to the Super Bowl and or win the Super Bowl? If you want to do that, but before we get into that, let's talk about the uh, the first game that we missed, and it was a doozy. It was Kansas City over the Pats, forty-two to twenty-seven. Mm. Operation yeah. Clown Town. Yeah, I mean, one, that was awesome, uh, where Barstool, it was like 17,000 towels of, like, uh, Goodell clown faces they gave out, something yeah. like that. That's crazy. I mean, that's that's awesome, and the pictures that they've shown from that are awesome, which is an automatic win in my book, because Goodell's kind of a clown, or definitely a clown, not kind of. Uh, but the second thing was just the Pats losing. Everyone, almost everyone, was just saying 16-0. 16-0 from the beginning of the season, which is kind of surprising. A lot of people were, not everyone. But my first my first question about this would be, do you think the Pats are missing Edelman a lot at this point? I think they are, but you look at the Patriots, someone's going to step up into that role sooner yes. or later. I think it was just the initial shock of a week one type thing. And let me tell you something about that 16-0. I have an entire list of reasoning, and it's this may be a hot take, call, hot take, call it what you want. No team in the history of football is ever going to go undefeated again. So can we stop that right now? Can we stop this talk of 19 and 0? Sean knows all about it. I yeah, him, you did I call it via text this several times. But no team in the history of football is ever going to go 19 and 0. So yeah, no, he he that. has called it. I remember in high school was um, our sophomore year was when the Patriots had the 18 wins and one giant loss per se <laughs> in the Super Bowl. And I remember you saying, like, what did I tell you? No team's ever going to go 19-0. It's never happening. It's never happening. And I have several reasons for that. I have several reasons for that. I, I don't want to, like, I want to go too in-depth. Just give right us now. one. Okay, one reason, for example, right now, when the 72 Miami Dolphins did that back in Super Bowl Seven, they beat the Washington Redskins 14-7. They complete the 14-0 regular season. They complete the 3-0 preseason. Well, first of all, uh, postseason, excuse me. Well, first of all, there's two more games in today's NFL to complete that. So no team is ever going to go 19 No, It may not sound like much, but keep in mind, that's eight more quarters at least of just 
physical football, way more physical than it was back in 1972. And let's also take, for example, when the 72 Dolphins did that, going into that Super Bowl, not too many people know this, but the Redskins were one-point favorites. The Dolphins were underdogs in that game. That's now, crazy. Nowadays, you look at today's NFL, you look at the NFL in the Twitter era, if a team scores on its first possession, you get a million thought pieces like, oh, OMG, can so-and-so go 19-0 this season? So... No team is ever going to do that again. The pressure is too immense. The game is more physical. Let the 2009 Colts say hi, by the way, because rather than go for perfection, they just wanted to get out of the regular season healthy. So yeah. I don't think it's ever happening. Yeah, very true. Yeah, that's, that's a very good point. What do you think is easier to do? Go 16-0 the regular season or go 0-16 oh, the regular season? <laughs> wow, that's, that, that's a fantastic question, as a matter of fact. Easier to do? Yeah. Oh, wow easier well if 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 both if both teams if the team is trying like legit trying not so just what the, jets, like the jets are trying to do yeah, yeah. <laughs> the jets are not favored in a single game this year yeah they are the underdog in all 16 games this year well let's 17 they're probably underdog in their bye week too come on now <laughs> yeah no but the jets aren't gonna go 16 i don't think by the way because they have two games against miami which look the dolphins are good i give them a ton of credit for making the playoffs last year but you know they're good for at least one disappointment in one of those games they yeah. play the bills twice and they also have games against the browns and jaguars and for some reason the jets always there. show up against the patriots at least for one of their games at least for one it, yeah. it doesn't always necessarily end up in a win but they at least show up they at mm-hmm. least they at least make it interesting for as a matter of fact but i think it's i think it would be easier to go 0 and 16 like if you're trying to do that because Let's face it, if you're trying to go on 16, all you really have to do, you could just kneel on the ball a bunch of times and True. lose the game. So I, it's 16-0, too many things have to go right. And 0-16, oh, on the other hand, you can manipu- manipulate yourself into doing it if you had any desire to do Speaking so. Speaking of uh, Patriots and perfection back on the uh, Thursday night game, that was the first ever game in the Belichick-Brady area. Era. Area. <laughs> area. <laughs> the first time in that era, the Patriots took a lead into the fourth quarter and lost. Well, that's interesting, but... First time ever. I also want to give a ton of credit. I don't think we're not giving enough credit to the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, no, definitely. Because Kareem Hunt, of course, his story's all over the place. Sean showed me a very funny video of uh, Kareem... Yeah, we're going to play the clip for you. (laughs) Uh, Let's go take a look at that right now. And now, a message to fantasy owners from Kareem Hunt. Should have started me, idiot. That was a message to fantasy owners from Kareem Hunt. Nice. Start me, you idiot. <laughs> and then, uh, well, speaking of Kareem Hunt, I, my next question on that would be, do you think he'll be able to keep it up for the entire season? Well, he's obviously not going to get 200 He's not going to get that, but, I mean, do you think he's going to get around, like, 100 yards I do per think game? So. I yeah. do, I, maybe not per game, but I definitely think he's going to be a factor for the rest of the season. He's going to have to because, despite the big win, Kansas City had a bit of a casualty in that game. Of course, Eric Berry, the very uh, the, he is going to be missed. Story, he will be very much missed. But the real MVP, Kevin Durant voice, the real MVP, you know, I think, in that game was Alex Smith. And I think Alex Smith, ever since Tony Romo retired, I think Alex Smith is going to be the quarterback I'm going to be religiously defending this season. Well, yeah, everyone calls him the, the game manager, right? The game right. manager? Yeah. yeah. And do you think he is a game manager or no? Alex Smith is a game manager, but you know what else he does? He wins games. And at the end of the day, can you complain about that And now can I counter you with this, Jeff? Sure. He wins regular season games. That he does. That he does. But here's Just the like Tony Romo. Oh, oh burn! Oh, you don't want it. You, burn! When, when Romo retired, I thought I was going to be done having that debate. But unfortunately, it seems like I'm having it now more than ever. But 
Here's the thing about Smith. Let's not forget, Alex Smith was two Kyle Williams fumbles away from leading that 49er team to a Super Bowl. I think he could have just as easily done what Colin, Colin Kaepernick did the very next season. And people okay. went crazy over Kaepernick, Kaepernick for just, just one game. Oh, and then suddenly he was the starter down there. I felt bad for Alex Smith. He revitalized his career. He revitalized the San Francisco Yeah, that, that's program. definitely very impressive that he was able to do that. Absolutely. And then he goes to Kansas City and kind of brings that program back from the dead too. But here's what I really don't like. Your plan, if you're the Chiefs, is to replace you replace him with Alex with uh, not uh, replace Alex Smith. Alex Smith, what am I saying? Replace him with Patrick Mahomes. Can, can someone please tell me what the big deal about Patrick Mahomes is? He's a Texas Tech quarterback. Texas Tech, the land where they throw the ball 80 times a game. Of course he's going to have monster stats. Where was yeah. this type of hype for Cliff Kingsbury? Sonny Cumbie. Graham, Graham Harrell. Harrell. Yes, thank yeah, Graham you. Graham Harrell. Remember playing college football, and I would always play on my big screen TV, and I would always play with Texas Tech. And you I would play just do, with Oregon. I would play with Oregon, I'd play with Texas Tech, and I'd just do Graham Harrell to Michael Crabtree <laughs> all, on a vert all day. Every time. Every time. Graham Harrell was the two thousand man two thousand four Michael Vick of his day, to be honest. Yeah, he was. <laughs> but where was the hype for those guys? Am I supposed to be really be hyped over a Texas Tech quarterback? I know he had a tremendous preseason, but you know who else had a tremendous preseason? The two thousand eight Detroit Lions, and I don't need to tell you what happened to them. So Yeah. Yeah. Very, very true. For those of you who don't know, they went four and and then went 0 sixteen in the regular season, just FYI. Wait, <laughs> But I was really happy for Alex Smith because early in that game, people wanted to immediately bench him for uh, Patrick Mahomes. And I don't think it's time for that at all. I don't think no. Mahomes is ready. I think Alex Smith has done a very good job down there. He's gotten them back to the playoffs in what's a very, very competitive AFC West down there. Now, did, could he have done a little bit better in the playoff game last season? Yes. Could he have done a bit better in the previous uh, time that Kansas City made the playoffs when they blew that big lead against Indianapolis in the wild card round a few years back? Yes, okay, he could have done better there. But this guy is winning games for you. I don't think you should pull the trigger. You should jettison on him just yet. And now, another question on the Chiefs before we get into some stuff with the Patriots. Hmm. Andy Reid couldn't win the big game with the Philadelphia Eagles. You saw how many NFC championships did he get to and lost and then made it to the one Super Bowl, ran into New England, uh, Captain Clutch McNabb puking on the sideline. Um, Is Andy Reid going to be able to take them, you think, to that next level and help them win a playoff game, which is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, something they haven't done yet with that team? Well, they won one playoff game, if you'll recall it, and did a uh, 20-year streak. It was that game where... uh... They played the AFC Wild Card in Houston that year and blew them out. They had like the, there was a kickoff return. Yes, I do remember yeah. that right off the start. Right off the start, they blew them out thirty nothing. And people forget that they played New England very well in Foxborough in the next round. However, Andy Reid's clock management came back to haunt them. They were down by wait, two. Wait, wait, you're telling me Andy Reid has clock management problems? <laughs> I, I I know Captain Obvious over here, but. You'll recall they played them very well, but uh, long story short, two-possession game, Andy Reid's playing it like it's a uh, 40-point game in the middle of October. So that was their downfall in that case. Look, Andy Reid's a good coach, and I think— No, he is. I, he definitely is. To be fair, not not to point fingers I, at, like I'm literally doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> at me, the you Eagles Eagle, fan. You Eagles fans were just absolutely brutal to Andy Reid. And we were so ungrateful because then look, yeah. look at what happened to the next guy that walked in the door. Of course, next guy's up. You're on your second coach since the Reid. Chip yeah. Kelly! What's up when it comes? 
And Andy Reid was the best coach that franchise ever had with respect to Dick Vermeil. Mm -hmm. He's the best coach that franchise ever had. Donovan McNabb is the best quarterback that franchise ever had. No, I once and, again will agree with you on that. And the fans were just absolutely brutal to him. Yeah, they couldn't win the big game, but who has in Philadelphia since World War II? Nobody. So, yeah. I don't know. I still understand. Except Ryan Howard for the Phillies. Yeah. I still understand why people find it controversial that Donovan McNabb got his number retired from the Philadelphia. No, Williams. he has all our records. I, I agree. Yeah. With I, I can't I, believe that's that's an issue. I yeah. It's ridiculous. I, I, a couple, not, not including feds. I've never actually had this conversation with feds, but a few of my friends that we're in the fraternity with like, why? He doesn't deserve that. I was like, what are you talking he, about? He's, he's set all the records. I mean, records. it's just like, Philly fans. It, <laughs> Am I right? The thing is, without McNabb, this franchise is irrelevant since Super Bowl Fifteen, when they got blown out by the Raiders 27-10 with Ron Jaworski at the helm. Dick Vermeil, of course, the head coach. If not for if not for Mark Wahlberg and Ron Jaworski, the Eagles are irrelevant <laughs> with Donovan McNabb. So, of course, his number should be in whatever whatever the equivalent to the Raptors is at Lincoln Financial They, they, they Field. do have Raptors. Bless up, Marky they, Mark. I was yeah. I was there for. Um, USA versus El Salvador in the Gold Cup, and they have Raptors. I have, uh, I've, I covered last year's uh, Giant Eve game at Lincoln Financial Field. Beautiful stadium. All you can eat cheesesteaks in the press box, and all you can drink Snapples too. And nice. All, and all you can eat and drink Dunkin' products too. So Jesus they, Christ, wasn't it uh, Chicky and Pete's crab fries too, or that wasn't part of the deal? I didn't exactly. Uh, I saw that. Uh, I kind. Of, I kind of went numb when I saw the all-you-can-eat-cheesesteaks. So <laughs> as any decent human being. Tunnel, <laughs> tunnel vision, tunnel vision, tunnel vision. Exactly. Yeah. So I kind, of, I kind of went blind. Wait, there's a game? Wait, there's a game? mouth is full of cheesesteaks. <laughs> so the Patriots, guys. Do the Patri How do the Patriots rebound from this? How do you think they are going to come back out of this? Um, They're saying it was very, very funny about how last year the – Patriots, they started their season with anger, hatred, uncertainty because of deflate gate. And then obviously this season, after the ever dying never dying pun actually, um, yeah, Falcons blew a twenty eight three lead. Twenty eight plus three equals three. You see that you see that like they before blew a three one lead. You see that uh, before their game uh on Thursday on the scoreboard it had uh, ATL 28, uh, New England, New England 3, three. with that. like uh, in the third quarter, two minutes, 212 left. Yeah, I saw that. That was so funny. They're never, they're never, they're, those fans are never going to let us live this down, are they? Well, no, no that, that's a – well, one, it's the first ever Super Bowl that everyone's overtime. Yes, it is. So, I mean, that's that's history right there. Second, uh, I think that may be the biggest comeback as well. Certain, yeah. Uh, yeah. One yeah. of them? In Super Bowl history. Yeah, yeah, in not, Super Bowl. In, not in NFL. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, biggest yeah. NFL comeback in history is the Eagles against the Giants. <laughs> Twenty-one points, seven minutes to go. Oh my God! You're I at, almost you're destroyed your house. You're right. He was at my place. I was on Jeff's couch, and Jeff goes, "Deshaun Jackson hasn't returned a punt in a long time for a touchdown." I was like, "Jeff, you just jinxed it." And I see him take off downfield. I was on Jeff's couch, and I just started throwing pillows he all over the first. place. He did muff it. I was just <laughs> freaking out. But uh, back at it. So New England's next couple of games, they go to New Orleans, home for Houston, home for Carolina, at Tampa, and then they will visit the cold confines of the Meadowlands for the New York Jets. How do you think they're going to rebound? And all those games are winnable for them. Like, yeah. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't say it's inexcusable for them to lose against KC. KC is always very good against the Pats, just historically-wise. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I don't see them being that far behind, if not like too far ahead of a lot of those games. I mean, the Jets game, I just, I mean, I 
I just expect that to be a blowout. Play the games I'm here for Melody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a preseason game. Exactly. Uh, but uh, what were the other games there? I'm sorry. Uh, they go two Saints, home for Houston. Ooh, that actually, the Saints uh, breeze is very is always good against the Pats as well. Is like historically, uh, I, I saw this week. Uh, Alex Smith had the second best game ever against the Bill Belichick Patriots. First was the 9 Saints. With Breeze. With Breeze. Mm-hmm. So Breeze is pretty good against yeah, them as so well. Yeah, so they go to the Saints. Then they do face a very good Texans defense at home. Yeah, but... Foxborough. I mean, look... I but mean, Houston doesn't have the firepower. Are you, are you really going to tell me that uh, the Patriots aren't going to take advantage of a guy named Tom Savage at quarterback? Oh, they will. I mean, look what happened last year. Brock, uh, Brock. Oh, at that time, it would be Watson at starting quarterback. You think so? You th- I, I, mean, I, I, I have no respect for Savage. I just... I think I think Watson should be starting Rick right now. Savage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, Tom Savage, Rush, Rutgers legend, as a matter of fact, for a year or two over there. But let's keep in mind when it comes to the Patriots and Texans... The Patriots went into a game with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback and still dominated Houston 27-0. Yeah, very true. But I'm just going to say this. Pray for New Orleans next week because, look, you could give me all the Drew Brees you want. They are playing in the Superdome, I believe. Uh But here's the thing. The Saints defense is like Swiss cheese out there. Yeah. The the Saints, for all the amazing things Drew Brees does with that offense, they can't give him a strong defense. They haven't done that since that Super Bowl. Wasn't that one Giants game like 49 to 42? 52 to 49. And there was like eight touchdowns in the fourth quarter or something like that. It's ridiculous. It was like, it was literally one of those last possession games because it was literally whoever had the ball last was going to win because neither defense could get a stop. That's exactly what happened. New Orleans got the ball last, kicked the field goal in the uh, final possession. Now the Giants actually did a great job upgrading their defense, obviously. Yeah, obviously, they, they the have. additions of Olivier Vernon and Damon Harrison. The Saints have yet to do that. So you go up against a Patriots team, a Patriots team that is going to be angry. Oh, my goodness. They're going to be furious. So all I'm going to say, just pray for the Saints. Did you see that Bill Belichick post-game interview? <laughs> Literally did the classic. Or lack thereof. We couldn't do diddly-poo offensively. <laughs> That's literally what he sounded like. He was pissed. Yeah, you were putting you were putting images of Bill Belichick saying we couldn't Bill. catch and the I ball. Can't, I can't, I can't we couldn't it. throw the ball. We couldn't run the ball. We couldn't block. We couldn't tackle. We sucked. Let's let's uh let's jump into the rest of that division though. Uh, let's go next with the Dolphins. Thoughts on Jay Cutler? The fish. <laughs> well, here's the thing with Cutler. I think he's better than people give him credit for, but his attitude is just terrible, and he has yet to win a big game in his career. True. But here's the thing. He very well just might be an upgrade over Ryan Tannehill. Who, Which is crazy. Well, here's the thing about mm-hmm. Ryan Tannehill. He's entering what feels like his 20th consecutive make-or-break season. How many times have we looked at the Dolphins and been now, like... That is very true. How many times have we looked at the Dolphins and been like, is Tannehill needs to have a good year or Miami's going quarterback hunting next season? Of course, he... he uh, well, what quarterback is there to uh, hunt? Hey, look at Josh Rosen. True. Yeah. Josh Rosen, you, see, you saw that performance on Sunday Sam night. Sam Darnold is trying to play his way out of being the number one pick to go to the Jets. As was Josh Allen, as a matter of fact, for Wyoming against uh, Iowa last Saturday. Right? Yeah. But Josh Rosen, on the other hand, that 44-10 comeback, oh my goodness, that was that was spectacular to watch, mm-hmm. by the way. But we're obviously talking pros here. But here's the thing with Miami. I think they did a very good job last year. Adam Gase very much surprised me last season. But the thing about the Dolphins is this year, I still believe they're a work in progress. I still think they're a few pieces away from being true contenders. 
they have set themselves up as the team that could take over the division once Tom Brady inevitably retires and the yeah. other teams are thinking that's that they can't come a day too sooner. But the Dolphin and the Dolphins last year they could afford they have so much young talent they could afford a bit of a throwaway playoff trip like they had last season against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Nobody in their right mind expected the Dolphins mm-hmm. were going to contend for a Super Bowl. They everyone knew they were going to get they were going to be a one and done team against the Steelers that year. They could afford that. They're a work in progress, and I think you give this team two to four years, they're going to be good. I just think right now in the AFC, obviously the Patriots have the monopoly on that division, and I think the wild card is going to go to teams in the other divisions who improve. Like, for example, in the AFC South, I think the Titans are one of my two breakout teams this year. Yeah. The Titans and the Buccaneers are my breakout teams this year. I and agree. I think Houston will get a wild card, and then you look at the AFC West where you have – the Chiefs and Raiders are going to battle it out for the top of the division. The Broncos are smarting over last year's uh, playoff miss. And you have the Chargers who might want to put on a good show for L.A. All 10 fans that show up to StubHub Center. Literally. <laughs> for real. Like, what, the 20, 25,000 people in the L.A. Galaxy Stadium? I believe so. I believe yeah, it's like so. 25 or 27, and I mean, the, like the Galaxy and the MLS this year, the most successful team, they have been atrocious this <laughs> season. So have the Chargers already affected the Galaxy <laughs> by just their presence? I haven't even played the game. They were just their presence there. Um, what do we think about the Bills? I mean, the Bills... They're confusing. Other than the what, fact that no what, one circles I mean, the, the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Their their top wide receiver is Jordan Matthews. Their, their quarterback is also Tyrod Taylor. Who, Who, to be fair, Ty, Tyrod Taylor has, has yes, done... he's good. He's yeah. done very well. I'm not going gonna... to... I'm, I'm, I'm like a fan of Tyrod. Like, he's not like... I'm like not like stack bound, but like I'm a fan of his improvement. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And you look at the way he came into this league. He seemed to have career backup written all over him. There was no future for him in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. They took him in the sixth round a couple years back to back up. Joe Flacco, and he has made a nice name for himself. But I believe if you're trying to st- if you're trying to start a championship squad, you don't build around Tyrod Taylor. And I don't also don't think you believe you build around Steven Peterman. But that's their thing. Let's I'm gonna wait until you put he plays a few downs to make an official judgment on him. And also, as far as uh, coming from an Eagles fan perspective, it's pretty safe to say Jordan Matthews, even though he is a very good wide receiver, you can't take that away from him. He's not a number one. I always he, felt Jordan Williams' ceiling was as a number two receiver in yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah, now he was always, you know, when he stepped up to the number one spot, you know, it's not like he really, really did that down. much. No, that's why I was surprised when they traded him because I was excited to see Jeffrey as number one, mm-hmm. him as number two, and uh, Torrey Smith as number three. What, no Nelly Aguilar in there? No, oh, God, no. <laughs> we'll get to that later. But yeah, I do agree. Bills are going to be difficult to figure out. I think it's going to be a lot of Shady McCoy carrying the yeah, load definitely. again. And, and again, can Sh- Shady McCoy stay healthy carrying that load? Well, I, I also don't think that playoff uh, that playoff drought, which actually extends all the way to the beginning of this millennium, is not going to end anytime soon. Do you, do you know when the Bills playoff drought began? Clinton was president. Yeah. Bill Clinton was president. So mm-hmm. that's a problem. Yeah. That was a long time ago. Long, long time ago. The Music City Miracle was the was the last thing. The last time the Bills made the playoffs, Dominic Hoshik was still the Pengu- was still the, the Penguins, the Sabres goaltender. Only the I don't even think the first movie in the X Men franchise came out by then. <laughs> no, so definitely to, not. To put that in perspective, so that's yeah. the last time the Bills were in the playoffs. It's a very different world than what we lived in. And- no, Rick, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, I hope Zay Jones does something, because I did draft him in, I think, two of my leagues, just as, like, like a 16th round pick for me. Hopefully he does something. I think he's going to be good. Ho- hopefully he does something for me. But, uh, yeah, definitely 
LaShawn McCoy uh, is definitely gonna, a lot's going to be on his shoulders, and hopefully he stays help, healthy for him as their backup is Tolbert, Mike Tolbert, I believe. Yeah. So who knows if he's going to do well for him either. But uh, finally, oh, do you want to say one more thing about the Bills? Or? Uh, I think I know where you were going. I was going to say the Jets. Jeff has our, Jeff has already gave his uh, prediction. Are the Jets 0-16 no. down? No, they're not going to go 0-16. Are they the worst team in the NFL? That that's more likely. That I think is more likely because you look at their quarterback situation. It's Christian Hackenberg. It's Bryce Petty. It's Josh McCown. Josh McCown I've always likened to uh, Ken Jeong's character in the Hangover franchise. He's good in small doses, but there is no <laughs> reason. There's no way you can build an entire project around him as the Hangover sequels tried to do, and as the New York Jets are trying to do right now with Mr. McCown. That's so a very that's- good analogy. <laughs> Uh, like, but I, did you die? <laughs> uh, like last last year or the year before, uh, his daughter had a uh, Josh McCown's daughter. Yes, I did. Had, had like the jersey thing. Did, exactly yeah, right. I, I talked about this like, a couple times, but how like he's been on like twelve teams. So he gave or he gave jerseys for twelve different girls to wear to the high school that day or something. I mean, I would love to see uh, Charlie Whitehurst Day personally. Mm. We're gonna be doing that. So yeah, true. Charlie Whitehurst, America's real-life answer to uh, Alex Moran, a.k.a. the Blue Mountain State character who did anything he could to not see the field. All right, and a prediction to win this division, Pats? Pats. Are we, are we really doing this? All right, let's, you, let's you, move. You, you brought me in here for that? For that? Come on. <laughs> let's move on to the next, uh, <laughs> next division. All right, let's talk about the uh, AFC West now. Let's go back to KC. Uh where you said Alex Smith is a game manager, but he is a very good player. A game manager and a winner. And a winner. Now, I also, we also said before, can Hunt keep it up? Now, how about Hill? Hill's been like this big, out, like outstanding star that came out pretty much nowhere last year. And he played very well uh, this Thursday as well. And the only thing that I hate about it is I had uh, Hunt, or I had Hill on one of my teams, mm-hmm. and I was playing against Hunt. And he pretty much almost doubled Hill's score, even though Hill's score was still, like, good, mm. real good. Should have so started me, idiot. <laughs> yeah. But uh, do you think the two of them plus KC will be coming out of this division on top? I believe KC will have, will be on top, albeit in the form of a wild card. In a wild card. In a wild card. My division Cause... goes to Oakland, yes, a.k.a. I... Las Vegas. Do you think they'll make it to, say, the – yeah, Oakland or Las Vegas – say, the AFC Championship, Oakland? Do you think they have a shot yeah, at that? I don't want to provide a big spoiler alert for your next segment here, but or future segment, but I think the Raiders are going to win the Super Bowl and commence the most awkward Super Bowl celebration parade in the history of Super Bowl. <laughs> that would be amazing. Parades. That would actually be right? the funniest thing in the world. They would have to bring in the Secret Service to make sure no one gets to Mark Davis or anything. But. Yeah, it would be where are they going to march? Are they going to march in Las Vegas or are they going to march in Oakland? Well, to They're going to march from to Oakland that, to Las Vegas, to literally. Quote, to quote that girl from the taco commercial, why not both? True. <laughs> why not both? Yeah, that would be double the celebrations. Uh, Vegas becoming a big sports town, shockingly. Yeah, I think the Raiders definitely are my favorite. That if there is going to be one team in the AFC that is going to take the Patriots out of the iron throne of the AFC, it is going to be Oakland. I don't get that reference. You don't watch the greatest <laughs> show on TV. Well, you don't watch Thrones? N- no. What the fuck? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> what? Hey, this isn't radio. We, we're allowed to say that. <laughs> 
But uh, more radio, but cooler. Yeah, exactly. Excuse me. So a uh, little bit of KC. How about the Chargers? Do you think they turn around even the slightest bit? No. Go Chargers, no, go! No, you, you don't I have really any th- faith in Philip Rivers. I really don't. Do you I see really he, don't. he has that? He has that vehicle. Uh, he just bought this brand new vehicle I see that. where he pretty much could just lounge from San Diego to LA because he doesn't want to move his family there. I liked it better when it was called the Batmobile, but <laughs> it's a it, it's a very nice car. I mean, I wish I had it more than anything, but <laughs> I really don't. I really don't see the hype behind Philip Rivers, like. For all the hate Tony Romo got, how come Philip Rivers never gets the same hatred, the same criticism? I mean, he's had so many because Because he didn't play for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, that's true. That There's your answer right yeah. there. It's, it's almost rhetorical, yeah. and you're absolutely right. But I think Matt Ryan's the same case, too, by the way. I was never a big believer in him in the first place. But and we'll get to that when we do the NFC South, I guess. But Philip Rivers, I just there's something about him I just don't trust. I, don't, I can't yeah. tell why it is. He, he just seemed... He just seems overhyped is what I'm trying to say. He's a great quarterback, great quarterback. Definitely one of the top ten guys, you know, probably from this decade. I'd have to sit down, like, take a look at everyone's stats and, like, everyone's moments and whatnot to fully analyze and create that list. But he's definitely one of the better quarterbacks of this decade. Having said that, I just don't see too much help for him down there in L.A. And the fact that they have to play a very competitive division making up six of their 16 games, that's going to be a problem for them. In a soccer stadium. Now – uh, I just thought of this question, and I, I think you'd be the best to answer this. Please. Uh, Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, famous trade during the draft. Hmm. If they stayed where they were, would the shape of the NFL be much different, saying like the Giants would have never won two Super Bowls and maybe San Diego would have won some Super Bowls, or do you think it doesn't matter where they were? I mean, that's a really good question. I Again, I have to, I have to sit down and – look and look and see like how the rest of the NFL shaped out because there's some sort there's some cases where you could say if Eli doesn't go to the Giants then so and so doesn't go here and so and so doesn't go there so basically long story short I'd have to get back to you on that do a little bit more research on that all right tweet us at that, yeah, that that's sure. a bold question Rick. it's a great question very spicy I'm, oh I, I don't know I just I just saw that I thought no, I was thinking, tremendous question but uh finally in that division we go with the uh, Broncos. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously their their defense is still solid, but their offense is such a huge question. Uh, do you think eventually Brock Osweiler is going to be the uh, starting quarterback? He definitely will start. I'm going to say at least four games this season. Okay. As a matter of fact, in fact, it was funny. I I was I was watching the end of the draft. I always love seeing who gets to be Mr. Relevant. And this year, Denver had that pick, and the and the pick was. Quarterback Chad Kelly out of Ole Miss. He had some good moments there. Maybe a bit too much. Uh, maybe had a bit too much fun over in Oxford. I down remember there. that. Mm-hmm. But he was Mr. Relevant this year. So I made a joke like, "What are the odds that Chad Kelly, Miss Chad, Mr. Relevant Kelly, could be the Broncos' Week One starter?" And it was more likely than I thought. But he ended up getting hurt and didn't play at all this preseason. But now, when Brock Osweiler starts those four games that you mentioned, yeah, are they going to be competing for the playoffs or no? I think they will be. I think they will be because Trevor Simeon, he's basically a poor man's Alex Smith, I think. He uh, he can manage the game well. I That's like such a compliment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not a good one, but he can manage the game. I just don't see the, uh, the, for lack of a better term, the winning gene in him just yet. I think it might come over time, but I'm not sure Denver's willing to wait that long. They want to mm-hmm. win now. They want to keep this good wave of momentum they've had going since Super Bowl 50. They want to keep that going. Yeah. He's, he can win in the future. 
but right now he's not the answer. Paxton Lynch, I think, could become something. I was actually surprised Denver didn't make a bigger case for Tony Romo because I felt that would have been a winning scenario. A lot of people are saying that that was going to happen, and it never did. I, I know. I was very shocked when it didn't happen. I felt that Denver would have been the perfect landing spot for him for several reasons. Number one, Denver Denver's defense was better than any defense Tony Romo ever had in the history of the Cowboys. True. I they, to, they carried uh, Peyton Manning to a Super Bowl ring on did. Mike Crutches. That they did. That they did. I mean, a well-deserved second Super Bowl ring. I Definitely. I, it, it just wouldn't have felt right. Sheriff. If, if Peyton retired with just one Super Bowl ring. I miss him, by the way. Yeah. I miss Peyton. Just, that's a something. Else. Stone oh, commercials. I know, I know, but that makes me miss him even more. I wish he was on the field. Yeah. I felt uh, Denver would have been a perfect lane spot for Romo because Denver's defense was better than anything he ever had in Dallas. I remember covering the team during the 2013 season, and the defense has given up 500 yards a game, and the sole reason they were in these games is because Romo was throwing 400 yards. Mm -hmm. So there's that. I also think it would have been nice to see him reunite with Cowboy teammate DeMarcus Ware, who ended up retiring. I also think he could have been a fantastic men mentor for either Simeon or Paxton Lynch, whoever wound up winning that job. So, But that's in the past. It's not going to happen. But as for Denver, like I said, they want to win now. I think just the rest of the AFC is too competitive. Too many younger teams are coming up. Too many teams like the Tennessees and the Houstons. Mm -hmm. and so what I think, I, I think it'll be close once again by first seeing another 8-8, eight 9-7 eight, record in their future. Okay. I'm trying to think, do I have any more questions? But I don't really have any more. Rank the AFC West, both of you. Uh, AFC order. West. I'd have to go Raiders, Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers. Ditto. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, can't, I, can't really, I can't really argue that. That's pretty, I mean, uh, Raiders and Chiefs, that, that can almost be either, either or, yeah, in my opinion. But I mean, I still think Oakland has it because I, I, I'm going to be honest. If Derek Carr doesn't get hurt last year, I think Oakland wins the Super Bowl. I, I think I think Oakland probably would have at least faced uh New England if it had been wait no. Am I saying that right? Was that right? Is that yeah. how they would have worked out? I mean it would have worked out in the they, 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 they would have played New England eventually. Yeah, yeah. they would have played New England eventually. I think they would have played in the title game against yes. New England. I don't know if they would have won that, but they definitely would have played them instead of the Steelers. Yes. But uh speaking of Steelers, let's move to the AFC North. Yes, let's the AFC North, let's start out with, uh, I'm going to start with my team, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Paul, you take the hot mic on this one. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll, I'll let you guys uh, come in on this. Um, uh, Joe Hayden, is that going to be a big impact in the Steelers' secondary? Because everyone knows they need it. Joe Hayden, I think, is an interesting pickup because on paper, he seems like a great pickup. But we forget he had he had a bit of a tough year. You look at Pro Football Focus's stats on Hayden, they weren't the greatest. Let's just leave it at that. And then you see the Steelers go out, and they're paying this guy twenty-seven million dollars, three nine million per over the next three over the next three years. I think he definitely will help, though, because you look at the AFC title game last season; it really can't get much worse. Yeah, yeah, I I completely agree. I mean, it's at this point for the sec the Steelers secondary can only go up. Uh, there's even worries about like their defensive line and and deep and linebackers. Mm -hmm. Uh, just because they may not be as experienced. Even T.J. Watt is starting over James Harrison at his position, which is shocking for me being a Steelers fan for all these years. I can't imagine Harrison being on the bench. I wasn't too surprised by it because... I mean, yeah, Watt he is, is 39. Up, Watt is this up-and-coming kid, and Harrison 
Harrison, I think, or Harrison is obviously past his prime. I think he's pretty, he's pretty much just James Harrison in name only at this point. I realize I should not be saying that to you as I'm literally looking at you wearing a James Harrison 92 black and yellow jersey right now, but he's pretty much James Harrison in name only. The, the, the James Harrison of the past mm-hmm. is long gone. No, I, I agree. I agree. Like the, the guy who, the guy who ran the interception back a hundred yards in Super Bowl, in he couldn't Super, do that today. That guy's that guy's long gone. I think he should retire at this point. I think he's just there to provide. Uh, he's he's almost like though. a yeah, like a motivational thing, like just like keeping the guys motivated on the field and off the field. He's a Luke Skywalker in the Force Awakens type thing. He's there for solely a presence and an oh my god moment, and other than that, really not much. Yeah, he'll probably get a couple sacks this year, but probably. not nothing to what he used to be. No, I, I completely agree. I've just, I mean, he's there just for moral support. I mean, him in the weight room. You ever see James Harrison's? Like weight room workouts. Oh, with the sleds. It's freaking ridiculous. That sleds one was insane. But uh, I mean, yeah, the defense is definitely the thing, the big counterpoint to the offense, where the offense is unbelievable. Uh, If not at this point now, especially that Edelman's out, maybe the most dominant offense could be the most dominant offense in the NFL. What do you think on that? Who would have thought we'd see a day where we're focusing on the Steelers' offense? Rather than its defense, but you're absolutely yeah, very right. True. About, you're absolutely right about that. Roethlisberger, he's on his last legs as he's made apparent this off season. You know, with the drama. With it's the it's Herbal so it's like I I hate that. I mean, like once you start thinking retirement, I mean it's real. It's downhill from there. It's so downhill from there. No, you're absolutely right. But the thing is, Pittsburgh needs him to perform mm-hmm. because they have done nothing to prepare for his departure. Right now, his backup is. Landry Jones, I'm not sure how that guy is still employed with a job in the Senate. Yeah, though. that's he's been around forever. And Josh Dobbs is, of course, who they drafted this season in, I believe, the fourth round. Yeah. Believe, yeah, fourth round they drafted Josh Dobbs. I watched him play a little bit when the Steelers came to the Meadowlands to play the Giants in the first preseason game. He's very raw. He's definitely someone who's a work in progress. You could not put him on the field right now and expect him to immediately contribute. Yeah, so the I'm, Steelers I'm... need to start – you know they need to start preparing. For I, I'm I'm, hope, I'm hoping he would be the starting point of kind of like how like uh, Green Bay did it with uh, Aaron Rodgers behind exactly. Brett Favre. I'm hoping that's kind of like the starting point for uh, Dobbs. And and you see that has worked several times. It worked mm-hmm. in Green Bay with that. It worked over in Cincinnati when uh, John Kitna mentored Carson Palmer for his mm-hmm. first year. Palmer mm-hmm. didn't even take a snap in his rookie season. He even worked over in San Diego ever so slightly. In not the way the Chargers wanted to, in a way when Doug Flutie mentored Drew Brees in the early years down there. So that's what they should do with Roethlisberger and Dobbs. Yeah. And and also, I mean, it could, you can even say that about Jimmy Garoppolo. People say he could be a starting quarterback somewhere. You know, you know I, I, I'm when the greatest con the NFL has ever pulled, the Patriots have ever pulled, excuse me, the greatest con that the Patriots have ever pulled is fooling teams into thinking that a Brady backup is going to be the next big thing. It worked almost in a way when Brett Favre's backups were doing a thing. Matt Hasselbeck and Mark Brunel got their start as backups for the Packers. And they mm-hmm. might not have pretty good NFL careers. Hasselbeck went to a uh, Super Bowl. Yes, he did. Yeah. yeah. Yes, he did. Brunel should have gone to two, as a matter of fact. And remember Matt Flynn? <laughs> How could I forget Matt Flynn? Had that, what was it? Had six touchdowns and uh, who was it? it was, that was the Seahawks, right? Uh, no, no, he, he was or, on the Packers at the time. Yeah, and then who picked him up? Like, was Seattle, it the, yes, the right. Seahawks were like, yeah, we'll take him, we'll take him. They paid him a heck of a lot of money to do that, too. And then... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Similar to Osweiler. Well, 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 more like Russ Wilson came out of nowhere, but... <laughs> yeah, very true. Mm-hmm. But... What was, what was I talking about? I'm talking about um, 
the con of uh, Jim Crockett. Yeah. The Patriots con. How many times are we going to be conned into thinking that just because he backed up Brady, he must be good? Three words. It's the system. Matt Castle. Brian Hoyer. Ryan Mallett. How many teams are going to look and think, oh, he backed up Brady. He looks great with the Patriots. This guy is our next superstar. It doesn't work. True. I mean, yeah, sure, Matt Castle had, like, that one okay year over in Kansas City. But what's he done other than that? Matt Castle was a backup at USC and that somehow conned the Patriots into taking him with a seventh-round pick. He goes in for Brady and leads into an 11-5 season. That's the proof it's in the it's the system. Matt Castle had an 11-win season. Where is Matt Castle now? Matt Castle is, uh, I believe, Mariota's backup over in Tennessee, right? Oh, yeah, he is. No, he is. I, I went to the Jets-Titans preseason game. You sure. poor thing. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, uh, all right, let's 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 move on to, uh, say, the, uh, the Ravens, where they're kind of an aging team. Uh, Flacco needs to stay healthy. And their wide receiver core is kind of just like a – Band of misfit toys, just like from like all different Jeremy teams. Jeremy Macklin out of nowhere is on Baltimore now. That's right. I, I I was very surprised to see them. I mean, yeah, I'm pulling up their depth charts now. They have uh, uh, Mike Wallace, Brashard Perryman, who's their number one, I think. Brashard Perryman's one of those guys I always expect to break out in fantasy, but really never does. There's always one idiot in your league that always selects. Brashard Perriman with a relatively high pick, believing this is the year he breaks out. But it just never happens. He's basically the Ryan Matthews of receivers. And how can you really expect that to happen without Flacco? No, you're, you're absolutely right. And Flacco is is starting, which is kind of surprising. And guess who his backup is? Ryan Mallett. Yeah, exactly. All right, I, I get your point. Ryan Mallett. <laughs> Ryan Mallett, the guy who can't even wake up correctly, I might add. Yeah, very true. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, Mike Wallace. I mean, he's good for downhill or uh, downhill downfield bombs. Mm. Uh, Macklin needs some sort of resurgence. Uh, like their their running backs are pretty solid. I mean, West is pretty good, and Danny Woodhead is just great at catching things out of the backfield. That is until he gets hurt. Yeah, that is until he gets hurt. So hopefully, he doesn't hurt his Achilles again. Was it Achilles? Yeah, it was Achilles. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, their defense is getting up in age. I mean, they're still good, but they're getting up in age. Yeah, they're not the Ravens. They're not your father's Ravens defense. They're not even your older brother's Ravens defense. The days are Ray, Ray Lewis isn't walking through that door. Ed Reed isn't walking through that door. Charles Suggs might, but he's nowhere near Balls the Charles Suggs yeah. like he used to be. Yeah, so. Uh, and next we should go to the uh, Bengals, which, in my opinion, like for the, for the three running backs they have, like best three running backs that you can have. Like as together as a as a system. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, secondly, uh, their defense is still great, but obviously my 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 opinion still freaking dirty. Uh, oh yeah. But uh, Andy Dalton is definitely not like a make it or break it, but like he needs to start proving something. Like yes, he needs to start winning big games because he hasn't never done that almost. Not a. I don't think he's ever won a single like important I, game. I mean, yes, he has, but not as not as many as he should. The joke I always used to make was hi. I'm 1 p.m. Andy Dalton, and I have direct TV. And I'm primetime Andy Dalton, and I have cable. So, <laughs> but I think I. But the thing is, I, I understand how the Bengals have kept Marvin Lewis there for pretty much over a decade. That, at this that's point, that's and crazy. He has no playoff wins. I wonder is he, what kind of is he the second longest tenured coach right now? Bus. I believe so. Behind believe so. Belichick. Behind Belichick. That's yeah. absolutely right. That's that's crazy. I mean, especially I, in a league where it seems like nowadays you go two, three seasons without doing well. 
and you're looking at the door. Sometimes you reach the playoffs and that doesn't even ensure your job safety. Yeah. It's yeah, I have I, I don't know what to think about the Bengals. I'm you know, I do think they have a very talented running back core. I think the fact that Giovanni Bernard who's going to be coming out of the backfield as who knows if he's going to be the number one. So no, he's, he's the number two. They're saying Jeremy Hill's the number one right now. But, I mean, their they're wide receiving core, I mean, their top two is A.J. Green and Brand LaFell. I mean, Brand LaFell isn't amazing, but he's still a pretty good wide receiver. Serviceable. Uh, they have a great tight end in Tyler Eifert. They have a lot of good things there. Their offensive line is kind of shoddy. But – they definitely can be a contender in this division. Can they be a contender? Yes. Will they be? I don't think so. I just think there's too much too much inconsistency and too many question marks. Do you truly do you agree with the the Burfitt uh, suspension? Like it, it was originally five games and it was three games for that hit in the preseason. I do agree on its reduced quality. Yes. Yeah, because wasn't it wasn't last year that wouldn't have been a penalty? Or last it, year, I don't believe that would have been a penalty. Yeah, so I I kind of feel like I mean it's just. He has a target on his back. I don't like the guy, but he just now has a target on his back for if he like does one bad thing, he'll get the get the book. I at mean, this hey, point. the Bengal. If uh, one of those games happened to be the 2016 AFC Wildcard Playoff, I'm sure the Bengals would be more than happy with that result. Yeah, and he kind of did that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> ugh, I don't. Even, I don't even want to bring up that. But and uh, finally, the Browns. Browns. The maybe. only thing that I have on the Browns really is that they're not the worst team in the NFL. Shocking. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's really my only thing. Leave it to be the Browns to sign Calvin Pryor and sign a high-profile player and then release him before the season <laughs> even starts. Well, I mean, the best thing I could say about the Browns is that it's only a couple months till the Cavs tip off, and the Indians <laughs> have won 16 in a row. So yeah, that's that no, no one's going to be going to their games. They're all going to Indian games. <laughs> but also the fact that they uh, they unloaded Osweiler um, was kind of smart but i mean also at the same time they don't they still have, they still have to pay all that money right they still have to pay all that money so. uh, how do you guys think those first round picks are going to work out i think th- oh I'm, great i'm very much looking forward to see how those guys play out particularly the tight end and david njoku new jersey native as a matter of fact cedar grove high school yeah. they they got a few jabril peppers that they did. catholic they did Framus catholic uh, a couple years at my alma mater personally don bosco prep i'm interested to see how they use him because the big knock on Jabril Peppers was that no one knew what position he was going to play. He was a jack of all trades instead of a master at one. I think he's going to be I think the best spot for him is safety where Cleveland has him lined up now and I also believe he can work wonders with the special teams unit as a returner. Yeah. Just looking at his, yeah, he's the starting uh, kick returner, punt returner. Yeah, that the, is the, the one thing I'm looking at right now is saying about how the NFL just wasn't ready for Jabril Peppers because you've never had a player so versatile. Oh, it's, before. Oh, it's crazy. It's a, it's almost like if I can make a comparison, it's he's almost like a Bo Jackson type in a way, yeah. a mm-hmm. guy who can do a lot. He's got he's got amazing speed. He's got great size. He's got great strength. As long as he stays healthy, I don't see why this shouldn't pan out. At the greatest uh, college football team in the country, I think he literally played every single position besides for offensive line. Yes, and quarterback. Yeah. And, and, and even, he, he, I think would he do did take a few snaps. He, he took a few snaps. He was, he was right. quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, defensive lineman, linebacker, safety, kick returner, punt returner, holder for some trick plays. Like He played everywhere. Well, at least I can long snap better than him. Knock on wood. Yeah, yeah. very true. <laughs> But I mean, I mean the Browns—they they have solid running backs. They have Crowell and Duke Johnson Jr. Their wide receiver core is kind of interesting because their top one is Corey Coleman, second is Kenny Britt, old man Britt, 
And third, I believe, would be Sammy Coates at this point, who just got traded there from the Steelers. Yes, he did. Yes, so he did. that's – the three of them is very interesting to me. I mean, Britt is – I like Britt. I mean, I've never really had a problem with him. He, he does drop balls every once in a while. He's also had a problem staying out of trouble off the field, Kenny Britt has. And Corey Coleman, I believe, he was their first-round pick last season out of Baylor. And he was actually had a pretty good thing going until, in the most Cleveland way possible, he had an injury and he had to miss a couple weeks. And, I don't, and he never really regained the momentum he had from those first few games. But in year two, I'm expecting a bit of a uh, good turnout from him. And at quarterback, I really don't expect Deshaun Kaiser to do much, but it's Cleveland. You can't get much worse. Yeah, so. So let's go through and rank it. I got to go Steelers, Ravens, Bengals, Browns. For the AFC North. Ditto. I, I say Steelers, Bengals, Ravens, Browns. Wait, is that what you said? I said Steelers, Ravens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I say Bengals above Ravens. Okay. So I, I think that that's uh that's my hot take on that. But let's uh let's move on to the AFC South. Please. Alright, AFC South. Uh first off, let's go with the let's go with the Texans. First off, it's awesome that they're recovering from well they're helping to recover from all the uh, tragedies let's go. 30 mil for JJY is that what it's at now that's, 30 well done that's well fucking done. awesome JJY you're the real MVP well done man I, I, I seriously hope someone like JJ Watt does something similar for the hopeful well hopefully it doesn't happen but the, yeah, the potential tragedy is going to hit Miami and the rest of Florida soon but let's uh, let's go with uh, them their defense is pretty good I mean they're in a couple of my leagues, they were the first defense drafted for fantasy, which I was kind of shocked about. But they were uh, their defense is good. Uh, offensively is the problem, where Will Fuller uh, Will Fuller is out like ten weeks. Yes. I think it's something like nah, that. That's a big loss. So that's a big loss. Uh, their quarterback situation, like I commented before, I'm not a big fan of Savage. I think Watson should be the starting quarterback. Watson will have the job by the end. Of the uh, I say by at least week four. I'm going to say he'll have the job by Columbus Day or whatever the heck people are trying to call it now. So I think he'll have the job by then. I also had Deshaun Watson as my AFC Offensive Rookie of the Year. Hmm, okay. Out of this draft class, I believe Watson is the one who will have the best NFL career. That's what I think right now. Of course, that could obviously change. Do you think, think it'll be better than like McCaffrey for rookies out of this draft class i think so i okay. think so because i see carolina as more of a, a, a more of an offense that focuses around their superstar quarterback in cam newton but with houston uh, yeah with houston you have some talented receivers over there but the thing is you just need someone to get them the ball i found that out the hard way as someone who drafted deandre hopkins last year i suffered because brock osweiler and Brent Whedon kept overthrowing the poor yeah, dude that by was 20 rough. feet. Oh, my goodness. It's one of the worst decisions I've ever made. It was frustrating to no end. Hey, you didn't choose to keep Todd Gurley in your fantasy keeper league. <laughs> no, but, 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 excuse me. What Houston needs is a quarterback. Houston, you look at the history of the Houston Texans, the ever-so-brief history of the Houston Texans. It always no comes jo- back to the quarterback. No joke, their best quarterback might be Matt Schaub. Yeah, for Think real, though. for a second. Think about that for a mm-hmm. second. King of the pick six himself, Matt Schaub. And the number two might be David Carr. And number three, it might be, I don't know, Sage Rosenfels? Yeah. Who? It, it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who the fuck is that guy? But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Texans are in a bad QB situation, similar to the, I guess, kind of the Colts right at this moment? At this moment, yeah. Yeah, at the moment. Like, I mean, 
first off, their offensive line sucks, so which has caused Luck to miss week one because they've just let him get destroyed ever, for the past three years. I feel for Andrew Luck because the Colts, they, they the draft Colts wrong. went through a very, very, very poor stretch of football. I had to watch Kerry Collins, Dan Orlovsky, Curtis Painter go a quarterback for the Colts that year after years of seeing Peyton Manning. My 10-year-old cousin could have run that Colts offense with Peyton Manning at the helm and still somehow have won 11 games. Mm-hmm. So they went through a lot of bad football that year just to get to Andrew Luck. I and forgot all are... about Curtis Painter. <laughs> I don't blame you at all. That's right. Yeah. And you're better off for it. I mean, geez, that was some very poor football from that guy. He was back up on the Giants uh, ever so briefly, one of the mm-hmm. many backups uh mm-hmm. Eli Manning. Kerry uh, Collins. Was Kerry Collins the QB when they went to the Super Bowl against the Ravens? Yes. And he, was? he okay. threw five interceptions yep. in that game. Yep. I remember that. Tying a, super, uh, a record that was tied three years later by none other than Rich Gannon of the Raiders against the Buccaneers. Poor Rich Gannon. I know, right? He's a good quarterback. Yeah. Lost, but he'll always be remembered. That, that was game. the Raiders' number one offense against the Bucks' number one defense. I think if we could, yeah. I think if we as a collective football loving public could forget one Super Bowl to actively erased from the record books and from our memories it would be that Raiders Buccaneers Super Bowl. Yeah. Because if you ask the casual fan, I guarantee you they couldn't name you one thing from that game. But back to the Colts anyway. <laughs> they went through a lot of bad football just to get to Andrew Luck, right? If you recall the suck for luck campaign during that season. And what they've done, they found themselves a gem and they've done everything they can to crush it at this point. Yeah, they found, they found a because, gem, they're still hammering it. Exactly, yeah. that's yeah. exactly. Well, it's well said, well yeah. said. Because they're not giving this gem any protection back there, and they refuse to address their backup did they, did they even draft a line, lineman this year? I don't believe so. That's, I don't believe so. Like, what's the point? Like, I, just... don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they're trying to do down there. I don't know, I don't know what they're trying to accomplish. But trying to have, kill a man for no reason. Because yeah, you know what good, the other thing they don't have is defense. No, not at all. Not at all. On paper, the Indianapolis Colts are a team that should win the AFC South by at least four games every season. If you go off, back like four or five years ago. Off paper, oh, yeah, yeah. off paper, they may be just as good as the Jags. Yeah, exactly. You, they have trouble with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they're another story entirely. Although, well, now let's 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 jump on that. Oh, we're, we're in that we're in the division. Fun fact: Blake Bortles has thrown a touchdown to nine different NFL teams. Fun fact: He is also less one or lost less than Tom Brady has this year. What? Let that sink in. What's that? Hard hitting Bortles hard combat. Hard hitting. <laughs> I like that. I tried. I like it. I mean, I, I don't have anything else to say about the Jags, but, but it's like, I, I Leonard Fournette is going to be awesome. Do. Leonard Fournette, I, I do have, have something to say about go, the go, Jags. Go, go, go. So, um, been watching the fantasy drafts and everything, so on and so forth. Why is this Jacksonville defense being hyped up so much? I, re- I really couldn't tell you. Like, they're talking about all these different moves that the Jags have made, and that's all I hear them talk about is the Jags defense is going to be back. The they, Jags defense is going to be good this year. I didn't hear a single thing about any of their signings. They did add Barry Church at Dallas, but... Dallas defense isn't our like out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. The Jags defense is being hyped up like there's no tomorrow. Well, it's probably going to be the one thing keeping them in games this season for one thing. But I really don't have too much to add on the Jaguars either. But I will say one thing: they did bring back Tom Coughlin, who you know was forced out of the Giants after a few successful years there. Always seemed to perform mm-hmm. whenever his job was on the hot seat, and the the impact of Tom Coughlin will not be felt immediately, of course. but I do think it's going to improve the team 
for the better. I mean, I think it was good that they got Larry Fournette this year. I think yes. that was definitely a, a good pickup. Um, I mean, Blake Bortles, Chad Henney, like that's that's just confusing. Why is this is one of those teams where like it may not match up perfectly, but it's like part of the debate of like should Kaepernick come back? This would be a team. I I can't think of a better match for him really. Yeah, than Kaepernick. I mean, I look Colin Kaepernick. He should be in this league. I do mm-hmm. think he should be in this league. For, for a matter of fact, I'm not going to get too deep in. I'm not going to get too deep into it. But he should be in the league. There are some places where I don't think he would fit in. Miami, for for obvious reasons, yeah, he would not fit in. But here's the thing about Kaepernick. He deserves to be on a line on a lineup. I think Indianapolis should have picked him up. As a matter of fact, I mean, you could do a you could do a lot better than I think Scott Tolzina quarterback. And he can run away from the rushers. Exactly. And that are going to get through that. Many. Yeah, there will be many in Indianapolis. But yeah, he might as well just set up in the shotgun and run. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, hey, it worked in San Francisco for the most part for Kaepernick over there. Yeah, very true. I, I, remember when the Jags tried that with Denard Robinson? I do recall that shoelaces, Robin. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, and uh, I mean, they also have really good receivers in Allen Robinson and Marquise Lee, but they just have no one to throw to them. So they just need something at QB. QB, once they fix the QB situation and completely get rid of Blake Bortles, I mean, Chad Hay could just sit there at the second position, but they do need to draft someone new or, or new. trade for someone new. Neither of them are the answer. What are Mark Purnell and David Garrard up to, I wonder? I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question. And then finally, uh, and my favorite for – the AFC South, the Texans. The Titans, you mean? Uh, did I say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I meant the Titans. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Good. You're here for some reason. I know now what <laughs> the reason is. Other than bringing us Chick Fil A. I, I candy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, they have the best QB in in that division. Mariota. They they have the best tight ends uh, and possibly the best running backs. Their defense is. Good, not great, but good enough. But good enough. What do you think about them? Do you think they're the best, or do you think? Oh, I think they are the best. I have them winning this division, and if all goes well, they should win it by a solid margin. Will they? I'm not 100 percent sure. Mariota does need to stay healthy. I yes. do think the Titans are a year or two away from being true, true contenders. Like mm-hmm. this year, I think is their year where they win the division, but they lose out to a wild card team. I, I personally have them losing to. Kansas City. I have them as a four seed at this point, losing to Kansas City in the wild card round. Mm-hmm. I think they're a year or two away from being true contenders. By the way, it's just nice to see the Tennessee Titans back in contention again. They've done it with a and great I mean, mixture of old and new, with mm-hmm. guys like Mariota representing the new and guys like DeMarco Murray representing the old grizzled veterans of this league. It's good to see Murray also get his career back in track back on track after Chip Kelly nearly tried to destroy them. Oh, destroy him back in Philadelphia because you rarely see that. You rarely see a player lose his form and then refine it like Murray has miraculously done down there in Nashville. So I'm really well, looking forward to seeing the, the answer to that equation was run DeMarco Murray <laughs> in the I formation or single back, not out of the shotgun every time. <laughs> Literally the first play from scrimmage after Chip Kelly got fired, that last game of the year against the Giants, the first play the Eagles ran was DeMarco Murray in the backfield all alone, and he had an 80-yard touchdown run. First game I ever covered, by the way. Yeah. Was it really? Oh, yeah. Nice. First time he touched the ball. The, last the way game he should have been used. Last game of the Coughlin era, and it, Chip Kelly did not coach that game. I'm trying to uh, – no. Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer. Shermer did, who are, yeah. Who now has – who, thanks to that game, has the best win percentage in Eagles coach history out of 1,000. 1-0. Well done. Going well done. out on top. 
All right, let's let's go out on the AFC South. Who you got winning and who you got losing this division? Um, respect to the Titans, I think they will win it, even though I don't think the AFC South is the most talented division per se. I will give it to Tennessee, and then from there I would go to Houston, Indy, and then the Bagwars. Couldn't, couldn't say it any I, better myself. I agree with that, and Houston gets my second wild card in that division. So, hmm. Okay, very nice. All right, and let's move on to the NFC. And let's move on to the NFC East. Oh, boy. Both of you guys are very, very, very familiar up. for this. This is probably going to be our longest episode, by the way, but it's uh, it's been good so far. It's a football special. Uh, first off, let's go with the Cowboys. Zeke still playing, which is a plus. I completely agree about that. I think there should be some sort of suspension, but not six games. It's going to, it's going to be like the Brady situation was. Deflate gate. I think that suspension is whether it's six games or more or fewer, that suspension is going to be served at some point. I believe it will be served next season. It'll be served, I think it'll be served next season, but I'm also thinking it should be served less uh, less of a sentence. I think so too. I think so. Uh, it, I, I, I mean, think eventually they're going to settle at three or four games personally. Mm-hmm. I mean, Zeke has been, I've said this before on other podcasts, Zeke have, has been far from a model citizen. Oh, of course, of course. Look. And Ezekiel is obviously not entirely innocent, but this situation has dragged on ridiculously long, and I think it's going to be a three- or four-game suspension that will be served next year. My next thing, do you think Dak is going to have a sophomore slump? Well, here's the thing about the Cowboys' offense. I think, yes, I do think he, long story short, yes, I do think he, he will regress a little bit. There will be regression, mm-hmm. simply because last season alone was just so tremendous for him yeah he came out of nowhere he was the fourth round pick and you know you hear the uh, you hear all the excuses you know teams have film on him now and now they'll know what to expect and whatnot but last year was just so great they're not going to go 13 and 3 again let's just leave it at that but i think there's just so much talent on this offense that you can't discount them entirely yeah i have the giants personally winning this division but i think Ooh, okay <laughs> Spicy. Yeah, I know, was, was I know, very, right very spicy. No, but, like that's that's not even a homer pick because that's not your favorite team. But go ahead, <laughs> go ahead, go, go, go. Technically, it is because they're the team I write for. But true. Let me get back on track. But uh, Dallas just has so much young talent on that offense. They have Dak. They have Zeke. They have Dez. They have Cole Beasley. They have Terrence Williams. They have that vaunted offensive line. They have veteran talent and guys like Jason Witten, the two backup running back, the two backup running backs, and Alfred Morris and Darren McFadden. So there's just so much talent on that offense in a league that just romanticizes and glorifies offenses. Defense is becoming more and more of an anomaly in today's mm. league, and that's why you see so much praise lev- uh, leveled toward the Seahawks' Legion of Boom, for example. It's becoming yeah. more and more exclusive in this league, and Dallas just has so many young weapons on that offense, I don't foresee too much of a regression from him. The defense like, you, you're, you're, ta- you're just the slightest bit. Like, you, you, like, you may not throw, like, t- you may throw two less... Uh, touchdowns this year type thing maybe not two maybe like i don't know somewhere in the five or seven range i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get too much in the specifics but there will be a slight regression okay. it will be noticeable He'll, he's still a good quarterback it's it's not gonna be as spectacular as the rookie season but it's still he's still gonna be a good quarterback by the way did lucky whitehead get back on the on the cowboys 
Not that I'm aware. Yeah, of. yeah NFL. Do, I, NFL. I just dot com. saw him on the Jets. Like, yeah, yeah. NFL.com needs to update their shit. I he's mean, a, he's actually uh, he's actually out for year. Out for year. Yeah, I know that, but like they still have him on the kick return and punt return yeah, depth on charts Google, on NFL.com. Google says New York Jets. And That's also, a problem. That's yeah. a problem. But yeah, but I, okay. Someone's get your fired. shit together. Yeah. Secondly, let's go with the Redskins. Uh, with making, in my opinion, a very good and very big signing. Bring in Terrell Pryor, senior. Is it senior or junior? Senior. Yeah, senior yes. uh, Kirk Cousins signing that franchise tag and being happy to be on that, be on that franchise tag. Unlike Le'Veon yeah. Bell, Terrell Pryor is a great pickup for that team. Terrell Pryor is a good pickup for that team, and he's can also he can improve not just the receiving game but the run game as well. And God knows they need some help there. I think Rob Kelly is a good option, but he doesn't seem he doesn't scream number one back to me in a way and they just released matt jones down there for the redskins Mm -hmm. and here's the thing with cousins you know the redskins are in a very weird position cousins is in a thing where the redskins are screwed if they sign him to a long-term deal and i'm so if they sign him to a brief one 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 year deal here's i think he's i think he's so much better than people say kirk cousins well here's the thing about cousins i went to the game last year Cover the game week 17, Giants at Redskins. Giants were locked into the number five seed in the NFC playoffs. They could not go up. They could not go down. Washington, on the other hand, had everything to play for in that game. Cousins came out there, and they just looked lost. They looked incompetent. Yet somehow, near the end of the game, the Redskins had the ball and a chance to go out there and get their playoff berth. Now, Kirk Cousins yelled all year. He did, he did the whole thing, the whole, you like that? He went up to the I gym. hate that so <laughs> much. No, I can't, I, can't, I can't blame the Eagle fan over there. I can't blame, and they're playing in week one, so. Yes, we are. That's going to be an interesting game, but he, he, he went up to him after the Green Bay game on Sunday night. A very dominant performance by, performance by the rest mm-hmm. of the Going up to the GM and saying, like, yo, get me paid, blah, 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 and all that. So, here was the thing. Giants up. 13 to 10 on the Redskins in that week 17 game. New Year's Day. Week 17. January 1st. Under two minutes to go. Here's the thing for Cousins. The staff basically said, you want to get paid, Kirk? Go out there and lead us to a touchdown against this Giants team that's pretty much full with second teamers at this point. A team that has nothing to play for. Get out there and get us our second consecutive playoff berth, which probably ha- which hasn't happened for years in Washington mm-hmm. for any team not named in what for any team not named the Nationals or Capitals. <laughs> yeah. So Kirk what does Kirk Cousins do when he gets out there? Throws an interception. Seriously, you look at Kirk Cousins, what's the biggest win you can honestly say from this Kirk Cousins era? That when Sunday night beat the Eagles or the, when they beat the Eagles to put them into the playoffs a couple of years ago. I mean, yes, that clinched the division title, but yeah. that, they they went 10-6. No one looked at that. That was said, the year the NFC East was absolute trash. Oh my oh my god. It was, was, un, it was unwatchable. The Still Eagles, high the, the, the Eagles were like 7 and 8. Playing for a possible playoff spot. I recall. The, I recall the Cowboys. That was year. That was one of the years Romo got hurt. It was the year he got hurt against Philadelphia. Jordan Hicks brought him down. Yeah. And he missed uh, like eight weeks after that. Cowboys lost eight straight games with the likes of Brandon Whedon and Matt Castle at quarterback. They were two and seven, still fighting for the division title. So yeah. If there's that, that was title, a very very the, the the NFC East was dark and full of terrors that year. Definitely, definitely, and it. So basically, if there's any division title you ever want to put an asterisk next to. It's probably that one for the Redskins. I would say any eight AFC South title. 
<laughs> and also, although to, be, although to be fair, the Texans have one playoff game, so that is true. That. And that is my true. thing with the Redskins is I feel like they have a they don't have any consistent running threats. Like I feel like every year it's a new quarterback. Uh, not a new quarterback. Well, there was a time when it was a new quarterback every year. <laughs> um, I'm talking running backs. It seems like every year they have a new running back. Like I, like I was saying, and uh, the running back yeah. blows up. Like Alfred Morris has, like leads a Fat Rob. Yeah, like well, no, they off. have Fat Rob, Rob this year. Rob Kelly, that's yeah. right. Rob Kelly, I remember last year. I said the Redskins have done a good job finding hidden gems at running back who are good, like uh, who are good for a while. They're just not consistent. Alfred Morris, he was great for a couple years. Uh-huh. Six round pick out of Florida Atlantic, I believe, and then he fell off the face of the earth. Fell off the face. Yeah, and he's like he, the he's third kind of string, second string. He's like the third down back there. He yeah. splits the duties with Darren McFadden down there. Mm-hmm. When McFadden inevitably, big, inevitably gets hurt, he takes the number two job entirely. Yep. But he's basically he's basically found his niche as a third down running back down there in Dallas. You look at the Redskins also brought in uh, Matt Jones, who was part of the final roster cuts recently. They brought in Perrine from Oklahoma this year on day three of the draft. So they do a good job of finding little hidden gems that do good for them in the short term. But what Washington needs to do is find uh, is find guys who work out in the long term. I'm not sure if Cousins is that guy That's yet. true, because I do feel like the, Was- the Washington is a lot of short-term solutions. That's exactly what And that's is. been their history for a long time mm-hmm. lately. It's just been short-term answers. Of course, in the form of Robert Griffin III. I mean, that's their own fault because it was the, well, worst, he was, he was it was the worst injury handling of an injury I had ever seen. Well, he was Don't supposed to be long-term. going in. I mean, when, he was supposed to be long-term, and then that just all got effed when do, up. When Dr. James Andrews, like the go-to source in the world of sports injuries, when Dr. James Andrews flat-out tells you, do not put this guy back in the game. And Shanahan's like, nah, hold my beer. Hold my beer. Hold my beer. I don't know what he was drinking then. He must have been drinking, hold my whiskey at that point. Yeah. He put him back in the game, and... Oh, he was dude. drinking probably a ten percenter at that point. Probably had about three of them. <laughs> and, and I and, and it just it's just painful to watch that injury every time when he's yeah. diving for that ball and he's just knee. I remember seeing that. I'm just like, oh my goodness, knees are not supposed to bend like that. Click, and, click, click. Ugh. But I mean, uh, all right, yeah, that's that's solid. What about uh? All right, I'm gonna let you uh, handle this one. The Giants, <laughs> go wonder, in. Why why are you doing that? Why, I don't know. I feel like you have some insider uh, notes on that. Uh, insider, I see. Come on, you had Eli holding up the cover to your. Uh, and Landon, to your, as a matter of fact. Yeah, fact. I had they were holding up Giant Insider the other day. Well, remember what I was saying about defense being a premium in today's NFL? Uh-huh. Defense is there in East Rutherford. The Giants, let, the Giants were used to be known as a team that could score a lot, but they would always give up a bit of a late game drive at the end of the game. No, Probably no further driven home than the. That was a few years ago. They lost like seven games in the last two minutes. Twenty fifteen. That's what. That's yeah. I. I. I, It it might have been seven. It might have been seven games. There was a. There was. They lost a lot. Yes, they did. They did. And it was tough to watch. But last year, the defense broke out in amazing ways. Lynn Collins had a tremendous sophomore season. They brought in guys like Olivier Vernon and Damon Harrison on the defensive. And Eli Apple's mom. (laughs) More like Annie Apple's son. Yeah, he he had a solid rookie year. I think I think uh, he can only go up at this point. I think he's going to have a solid year too back there. They've uh, they've done a great job on that defense. Of course, Jason Pierre-Paul was re-signed this past off season, and I think the defense 
it, the defense is fine. The Giants don't have to worry about their defense at all. It was because of their defense they went 11-5 and last year. Mm-hmm. They bailed out the offense several times. You know, there was a 10-7 game against Dallas, a little 16-7 to win against Detroit. I'm trying to think. There was a 17 win over L.A. and London. They had a game against the Eagles this year. The Eagles were in the red zone, and they stopped them. Last year. That's right. time running down last year. Yeah. Last year. I recall that. That Thank uh, you, Rick. That was the first first game in Philadelphia. Got the best of them in that second game over at the the link. Philly is undefeated against the Giants in night games, and they're all black uniforms. That's right. That's right. And the Giants were in their throwbacks that game. Yeah. Very, Very, very classy throwbacks, by the way, I might add. But the biggest question mark, surprisingly, I'm saying for the Giants is their offense because you want to talk about an offense that should be good on paper it's the giants you have a two-time super bowl winning quarterback a two-time super bowl mvp at quarterback you have arguably the nfl's best receiver in odell beckham jr you have another new guy coming in and brandon marshall you have first round pick evan ingram coming in to play at tight end you have potential super sophomore uh sterling shepherd also lining in up at that third receiver so on paper, this should be a good offense, right? Then why last season did the Giants get in so many close games when their defense was absolutely killing it? In fact, if you talk to several of the Giants guys last year, they expressed the desire. They said, we want to blow people out. So if the offense finally clicks for the Giants, I think it's going to take a couple games for them to do that. If the offense finally clicks for them, they're going to be very, very dangerous. What do you think is something that can stop that offense from clicking? The offensive line. Yep, no, the obvious. The yeah, the obvious answer. Look, the, the, the offensive line are also. I mean, isn't isn't technically? I guess their running running back situation kind of a problem. Yeah, so running back situation is a problem. Paul Perkins is the latest guy to enter that enter that um, try to be a solution that, to that problem. You look over the past few seasons, the Giants have ranked in twenty fifth or lower in rushing for I believe in each of each of the past two or three years. So that's a major problem. Of course, what solves. A bad running game, a good offensive line. You know, you always, if the Dallas Cowboys have taught us anything, people always say, hey, anyone could run for a 1,000 yards behind that line. Then why, didn't, then why don't you repeat it if you're the Giants? Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is they really didn't make too many attempts to improve that offensive line this season. They drafted Adam Bisnawadi in the sixth round of the draft, but he didn't even end up making the team. They ended up keeping tackle Chad Wheeler at, a US, at, at USC at UDFA. They also brought in DJ Fluker to be a veteran, but he is not taking to be a veteran presence on the line, former Charger, former top 10 pick, but he is not taking first team snaps. He, so the Giants are basically going in with the same offensive line they had last year, which is risky on their part, and I'm not sure what that's going to do for a run game that mm-hmm. has a bunch of young guys going in. Paul Perkins is currently slated in as a starter. Shane Vereen, who was limited to five games last year, He's going to be his backup, I believe. And you also have guys like Orleans Darkwa and fourth-round pick Wayne Goldman out of Clemson down there. The Giants also are trying something interesting this year. They kept a fullback for the first time in what seems for, forever. They brought in Shane Smith, who won a bit of a position competition with Jacob Hughes. He's not even on their depth charts. Uh, well, I mean, NFL.com is, is obviously like something a, wrong with it. but He is a, he might be listed as a tight end on there because the Giants' official draft ah, true. Yep. lists mm-hmm. him as a tight end. It's, it, I think that's more or less a case of, you know, that there was no fullback spot to fill on pass rosters, and they didn't. They just didn't, but we'll see once the games officially start. But the Giants would be wise to, if they, if they can, get production from their offensive line. If mm-hmm. Eric Flowers, for example, who seems to be the biggest scapegoat 
on this line. If he can perform to the top 10 pick the Giants believe he is, if Weston Richburg, who in 2015 was Pro Football Focus's number two ranked graded center, if he can go back to that form after performing most of last season with a broke, playing most of last season with a broken hand, if they can do that, they're going to be very, very dangerous if they can get any protection for Eli in the run game. All right. I, I could see that as well. All right, and then, then finally, the Eagles. The Bird gang. Bird gang. I'll let you go on this one, Feds. What you All got? All right, so once again, as I say, I try not to be a biased Eagles fan and go, my team is the greatest team in the world. Um, I try. I fail a lot, though. Um, so I think the Eagles will be competitive this year. Mm-hmm. They are taking a lot of risks. Yes. Alshon Jeffrey, huge risk. Is he going to stay clean? Is he going to stay healthy? Is he going to get back to his normal standards? I think Alshon Jeffrey is going to have a great season for the fact that if he does not have a good season this year, his career is over. Who's going to, who's going to pick him up again if he doesn't have – gets injured again? Jets. Steroids. Jets. Um, doesn't produce. Oh, yeah, the Jets probably will. Um, you got Torrey Smith. I like Torrey Smith as a third option. I don't know how he'll be as a second option. I felt like he was really comfortable there. And, of course, now it doesn't need to be said, the departure of Jordan Matthews to Buffalo, which, by the way, was a heartbreaking experience for none other than the Mr. Wentzwagon himself. Um, Nelson Aguilar is back on the field. Nelson Aguilar! I want that sorry motherfucker off my team! How the fuck do you drop that shit? And, once again, they are saying that he has improved. So, what's his improvement? He can only drop one ball a game now. Um, so That'd be a big improvement. That would be a massive, massive be improvement. Nothing. Yeah, it is better than nothing. Uh, so, I, I feel good about the Eagles this year. I still think the NFC East is way too competitive. I, I, still I completely give, agree. I, I, I give the Giants and Cowboys a notch above us still. The Eagles are going to improve. The Eagles will compete for a wild card spot. I don't think they'll compete for the division. Um, their defense, their the front seven is phenomenal. Philadelphia's front seven is out of this world. Not the best in the NFL, but very, very talented. <laughs> secondary, man. The Eagles secondary, for the longest time, has given us a lot of trouble. Obviously, you got uh, Malcolm Jenkins is back there. Um, Nolan Carroll, man. Oh my God. Just looking through some of these names. uh you got Leotis McKelvin. He'll be expected to step up this year. The, the I know the corners are competitive this year. They're expecting to stand up. Uh, I keep forgetting the uh, guy that they just got from Buffalo because I'm tired and I'm having a mind blank. Uh, who they traded Jordan Matthews for. And this is a bad thing because obviously if he was that good, we will all know his name. <laughs> um, so I'll come back to you on that. Um, but... What I'm probably most excited for about this Eagles team this year, Carson Wentz with weapons. He does have weapons this year. Last um, year, I mean, I when I'm driving to work every Monday, I'm usually in my car by 6 a.m., and that's when the Eagles um, post-game show is starting early in the morning on Philly Talk Radio. And you had guys already saying after, like, week nine, Wentz sucks, bench him. Yep, He's done. That's Philly. He's done. And I'm sitting here. It was Ronald Darby, by the way, is the guy who they got um, from Buffalo. But the thing with Wentz is they were like, yeah, he's done. And people were calling in saying, 
Name a single weapon he has. Jordan Matthews is in the number one. Nelson Aguilar is the biggest freaking joke that's ever happened to the NFL. Worst fucking receiver in the history of fucking in a long football! Time as far as consistent that's players. Other than international games. Other than international games. I know, Rick, you're saying that's a stretch. That, that's a stretch. But you're talking. <laughs> they're a very, very bitter <laughs> Eagles fan. That's, that's very opinionated. <laughs> it is very opinionated. Um, then you got Bryce. What about Color Rush? Come on, that's a joke, too. Yeah, that's bad. Um, Bryce Treggs was our third receiver. Obviously, it was cut. Uh, did not make the team this year. And those are his weapons. You had a number one who wasn't a number one, a guy who couldn't catch a ball, and a guy who, after some offseason moves, didn't make the team. Uh-huh. And then Zach Ertz will have a 160-yard game, and then we'll accumulate 160 yards over the next 10 games total. And then we'll have a 180-yard game. I feel like he's he, 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 but he's very underutilized. He is underutilized. I, I, I think he's, I think Carson Wentz misses him a lot. I I, I would believe like with throwing you misses on that. Him. And then um, last year the Eagles didn't have a running back, consistent running back. Ryan Matthews was injured all the time, and was a fumble threat. Remember, we beat Detroit if he doesn't fumble that ball. Okay. We beat Detroit uh, earlier on in the season. Mm-hmm. Sproles isn't an every down back. He's a third down back at best. Wendell Smallwood was a rookie. Blout. What what weapons did he have? So I'm very excited to see how LeGarrette Blount will do. Uh, I think Blount's going to do pretty good for us. But again, my thing with the Eagles this year is they're taking too many risks with a lot of their signings and a lot of their players and a lot of the moves that they made. And if you are an Eagles fan like me, you've seen this movie time and time and time again mm-hmm. uh, where Nandi Awesome is going to happen. You're going to bring <laughs> these guys in. One of them isn't going to click, and it's going to end up killing us. Man, when, when the Eagles had Asamoah, they were better off just starting the game down 7 nothing, Because he was beat over the top for a touchdown literally every single game. The Eagles were really better off just being like, yeah, we'll start off down 7 nothing." Is the title of this movie, by the way, The Dream Team? It, the, the, <laughs> it was The Dream Team. It was The Dream Team. Um... So, yeah, that's my thing on the Eagles. I think Carson Wentz will have a very good year because he actually has weapons now, and they're saying he's looked very sharp. I know there's a lot of things about his mechanics, his throwing, so on and so forth in the offseason that they have seen through footage that has been fixed. He did look very good in the preseason. But, again, too many risks, and the rest of the division's too talented. I just want to add one thing about you mentioned Nolan Carroll, who ended up picking him up. The Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. And what I was saying I was just about... looking at the list of Eagles cornerbacks. I'm looking at all these guys in the past. I was like, Nolan Carroll. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you guys got a uh, what's-his-face was probably Brandon Fletcher. <laughs> yeah. No, but, what, but, but what I was thinking was, was I mentioned you, before, Rick. I keep saying, and it's basically become a catchphrase for me at this point, that defense is at a premium in today's NFL. And that could not be more of the case in Dallas. You want to make any Cowboy fan angry just go up to them and say the words third and 20 which of course was the down distance when Aaron Rodgers found Jared Cook on that game and what became the game winning pass in the NFC divisional game that set up the Mason Crosby field goal as yeah. time expired so I was watching the, that 
through the window at Gino's in Philly. <laughs> me and my girlfriend were out for a day. Um, she actually, it was really cool. She took me on a Philly beer tour to talk about the history of beer in Philadelphia. Oh, no and we went to get Gino's afterwards, and we watched through the window of Gino's. Like, everyone's just, like, even the guys cooking. And if you got a cheesesteak in Philly, those guys don't mess around. They're like, yo, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. They stopped the line, they're like, hey, on the Packers are about to kick a game-winning field goal against the Cowboys. <laughs> we can wait for this one. Yep. <laughs> All right, so what, what's anyway, what I was saying about okay. the Cowboys defense is that, look, the Cowboys defense, obviously, by you could tell by the third and 20 comment I was making, they weren't exactly the 85 Bears to begin with. Mm-hmm. So then they go out, well, for, and of course, what became a bit of a theme for the Cowboys this offseason, they couldn't stay out of trouble. In fact, Don Carroll got arrested for DUI. They got, they literally decided to plug their holes with literal... NFC East rejects. Nolan Carroll, for example, is their top cornerback. They also went out Have and signed... Have fun with that. <laughs> but they also went out and signed Demontre Moore, who you may remember was a third-round pick of the Giants a few years back, but got kicked off the team because he tried to fight his teammate, Colin Jenkins, over a pair of free Beats by Dre headphones. <sighs> so... Keep the beats right. Demontre Moore is actually, by the way, suspended for the first few games of this season. So Dallas's defense, they do have talent there. They have Sean Lee. They have Jalen Smith, who I'm looking forward to seeing mm-hmm. play on Sunday night after missing his entire rookie season. Second-round pick out of Notre Dame, of course, had the devastating injury in the Fiesta, Fiesta Bowl a few years back. Looking the floor to see how he responds. Yeah. But the defense, which was not exactly all that bang-up to begin with, is going to be their Achilles heel. And the Cowboys have prepared for that in the past. You look at the 2014 team, quarterback by Tony Romo, and the 2016 team, quarterback by Dak Prescott. They knew what to do. They went on long, efficient, methodic drives. A little 7-yard pass, a little 11-yard pass to Witten, 18 yards downfield to Dak, to Dez, Terrence, or Cole. They get the little 4-yard run by Murray or Elliott, a little 8-yard eight-yard slant to Witten. They went on long, methodic, efficient drives and kept that defense mm-hmm. on the field for as long as they possibly and Which is could. what they need to do this year as well. Exactly. Now, to end this, end of the NFC East, who you got at the top, who you got at the bottom? I'm going to go Dallas, New York, Philadelphia, Washington. I'm going to have the Giants in first, Dallas is in second, but gets a wild card. Philadelphia will take the second wild card and Washington. See, I didn't want, I, I don't want to go over-optimistic. Cowboys, uh, Giants... Cowboys, Giants, Redskins, Eagles. Like I said, Rick, I'm, I'm hot our, this on... This might be our last podcast together. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the NFC West. So that's what Yes, the uh, NFC West. Uh, we got first the Seahawks, where pretty much my big thing on the Seahawks is Wilson just needs to stay healthy. Um, if he isn't healthy, they don't really have any... Their offense can function. You're absolutely right. And, for, and this division... Is very very weak. I'm maybe just saying it's because I'm a jilted, I'm a jilted man who picked the Arizona Cardinals to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl last season, and they did. Well, you're that not, was you're, a very you're, you're spicy not, you're take. Not, you're not the only one though. Like I mean, they were supposed to be good, and then they just sucked. And then they, they come out and they make Jimmy Garoppolo look like Tom Brady in the in the first Sunday night game. That's a problem. And then they just didn't. Then they just didn't. They didn't capitalize on anything last season. You're playing in a division where you're biggest competition the Seahawks who I believe might be on the decline and oh definitely the Seahawks are on the decline because you look at the Legion boom Cam Chancer still very good Richard Sherman 
Still good, but not the dominant Richard Sherman he used to be. He's trying to fight everyone he can on the Seattle sideline at this point, and there was rumors that he was going to get traded. That's he almost not did. That's not exactly something you want your star your star cornerback who is already prone to being let's just call it vocal, already prone to being vocal, going into the season thinking he might not know where he's going to be playing in his mm-hmm. immediate future. So I think Seattle's on the decline. I think teams have slightly figured out Russell Wilson a bit, but I think the rest of the division is just so weak that. Seattle's almost the winner by default. And I mean, you gotta you gotta give it up for the fact that getting Sheldon Richardson was a great move for yes. that defensive line. As part of the Jets' exodus, get me the hell out of this team. <laughs> Just then, an FYI, the Seahawks come to the Meadowlands in October. Should set up a very interesting reunion with Brandon Marshall. Yeah, very true, very true. And then, uh, what was I about to say? What was the other thing? I mean, their offensive line is still a joke. Yeah. So, I mean, there's nothing Russell much Wilson's with... still going to be running for his life. Yeah, and they're, I, 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 and they're th- already missing uh, George Fant, who got hurt during the preseason. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're they're already in a bad situation there. And, I mean, their top running backs is Cheeseburger Eddie and Thomas Rawls. Cheeseburger and it doesn't Eddie. mean Terry Crews, folks. No, it doesn't. Um, my thing, whatever happened to Jimmy Graham? I feel like he's just not the same. And they're saying that was going to happen. Well, he got injured last year. Yeah. Uh, he was injured. I mean, and he looks actually healthy this year. He didn't look – he hasn't looked healthy for the past two years. And they're saying this year he actually looks healthy. So, uh, hopefully that will be a big improvement for Doug Baldwin for just short passes or even long passes because he does have that da- – he does have a little bit of that downhill speed. Would definitely take a little bit of the pressure off him. Yeah. So, I mean, as long as Jimmy Grant – I think that's also another big thing along with Russell Wilson – if Jimmy Graham can stay healthy, they'll definitely be probably the best team in the NFC West. Yeah, I'd have much, to give but... it to them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weak division now. Whoever thought a couple of years ago we'd be saying that when the right. Cardinals, 49ers, and Seahawks were all running that division while right. the Rams were just trying to get out of I mean, St. Louis. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say get a win and get out of St. Louis at the same time. But uh, let, let's uh, let's check out the uh, the other bird team, the uh, the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, really, the only thing I could say about them is they're an aging team. The only thing that they really have going for them, I mean, Carson Palmer still has it a little bit. David Johnson. David Johnson is like the only thing, I and mean, thank God I I was able to keep him in the first round when I was the twelfth pick. Nicely done. Yes. So uh, that um, I can't believe Larry Fitzgerald is still in the NFL. Larry Fitzgerald is the I, I always thought it. I like. I remember one time I was watching like an NFL films thing. Larry Fitzgerald was a ball boy for the Vikings. For the Vikings, while uh, Randy Moss was still there. That's right. And, and Chris That's Carter right. was still there. I, guess I remember a the, something. Something rubbed off. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. But I mean, they're. I mean, they lost a lot of. They had a lot of injuries last year on defense, which definitely hurt them a lot. Um, I think this will be an upswing year from last year. I mean, they really can't go much farther than down or. They they can't go down from really from here. They really can only go up. Uh, I would say this is like a win it or leave it year this year, but they're not going to win it. They are not. They they're are not, not going to win it. So I know they can't should be it. more in win now mode. But the problem is they're going to. It's going to be very difficult for them to win now. That's their problem. Yeah, it just. I I don't I don't see much good coming out of. Well, overall, the NFC West, but the Cardinals, since we're speaking about them. Do you guys have anything else to say about that? I mean, Arizona's just very fortunate that they play the Niners and Rams four times a year. That's Whatever right. happened to Honey Badger? 
Well, he was injured he's last year. Injured. Yeah, I know he was yeah. injured last year. I'm trying to find No, he, he's, 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 he's uh, still around. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's there starting uh, FS. Yeah, that's what I thought. Because yeah. I'm looking right now currently on their depth chart, and they don't Number 30. Him. Yeah, he's right there. Oh, no, that was looking wrong. You're looking at the wrong one. Clown town. <laughs> anyway. Next, let's go to probably the last place Rams in this division. In my opinion, at least, uh, uh, it's going to be a competition between them and the Niners. Uh, I think the Niners are a little bit better than people say they are. I think John Lynch has done good things bringing in certain people. So now, here's my but thing: I, the Rams got the old Redskins offensive coordinator and running back coach, who utilize. Look at what he did with Alfred Morris. If Todd Gurley is going to revitalize his career. Now's the time he's got to do and it. And God knows he needs that. He had a brutal year last season. As You're telling many, me. That's uh, his owner. owners could attest. Yes, like yep. yourself. And you kept him. <laughs> With hope. <laughs> hey, but, but I mean. To quote, to quote the late Jen Urso, rebellions are built on hope. Oh, actually, Cassian Andor said that. Excuse me. Yeah. Yes, a I'm lot so of people in that movie said that. You just that lost all your credit right there. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> so, so Game of Thrones is okay, but Star Wars is not on this show. That's horrible. Well, no, you just misquoted. Yeah, because you misquoted. That's what I meant. Oh, they both said it, so. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. But, uh, I mean, their wide receiver core is interesting. I mean, they have Tavon Austin, who's way overpaid. Uh, Sammy Watkins, who's just always injured. And then Robert Woods, which is Robert Woods, I guess. I, I don't know. I mean, he he made some plays last year on Buffalo, but... Was he? He was on Buffalo, right, last year? Yeah. Yeah. Made some plays on Buffalo last year, but like he, nothing too spectacular. And here's the thing: their quarterback is Jared Goff. I don't know why LA felt the need to trade up for him. I thought that was a dumb move when they first did it. And I'm gonna leave it this: whether it's via injury or performance, Sean Mannion is going to start a game for the Rams this season. I saw a little bit of him during the preseason mm-hmm. this year. He looks pretty good. He's a solid thrower out of Oregon State. Set up some set, set some records, Pac-12 records up there. I think whether again, whether it's via injury or coach's decision, Sean Mannion will start at least one game this season. I'm looking at the depth chart now. They're saying there's the only left tackle on the team is Andrew Whitworth. That's but a problem. They only have one left tackle. That's a problem. Yeah. So I like I said I, I don't have any hopes for the L.A. Rams. They're my fa- they're my father's favorite team, but I, don't... I feel like there's secretly a lot of. Favorites. I still I, I still know someone question... whose father's a Rams fan too. I still question that. I like I mean like when I don't know I really don't know. Look, I I understand if you had an older brother who's a Rams fan, you know, with the greatest show on turf being a front runner or whatnot, but father, I don't see it. I, don't I mean, see he was, he was a fan when they were originally in LA, so I don't yeah, know. Good for him. More power to him. Yeah, and finally, the 49ers. Uh I'm not saying there's a lot going for them, but I think they are in a better spot than people think they are. I think Brian Hoyer will be better than Jared Gall, at least. That's uh, one can only hope. I mean, I think they have they they're probably gonna beat them twice. I think at least. I mean, how many yeah, games? How that, many that, games? That. Do, how many games do you honestly think uh, combined the 49ers and the Rams are gonna win this year? I'm going to put the over-under at nine. Really? Actually, eight. eight. Okay, all right. I would say more like six. Thanks. Yeah. I, I, I just don't have any respect, I guess, <laughs> for these teams. But, I mean, I they did bring in Pierre Garçon. Uh, they do have Marquise Goodman. I do like those two. Uh, and, on, and, on, and honestly, I, 
I, I really, I mean, Carlos Hyde is also, no, he's not just decent. He's pretty good. But also, I like their fullback bring in of Kyle Jusak. He just catching out of the backfield. He's kind of like a big uh, big Danny Woodhead. He's a, he's a good he's a good fullback because fullback is a dying position in today's NFL. Yeah. The, days of, the days of Daryl Johnston and Mike Allstott are long gone. Dude, so, Mike Allstott was a stud. Oh, Mike Allstott was great. You're in good hands with Allstott, as Chris Berman used to say. <laughs> yeah. But the days of those guys are gone. The Johnstons, the Allstotts, they're no longer with us. That's the thing. But... I, so I really respect the teams that use fullback. I think it's a hidden gem. It's a diamond in the rough type position. So I, I think that could work in there. Yeah, it's, it's just a position. Like, you need someone that's really good at it. Otherwise, you can't have a fullback on your team. Yes. Type thing. It, like if, and if, like, a team really needs a fullback, they'll just put in their second or third string tight end. I mean, hey, look what, look what the Texans do. Sometimes they have J.J. Watt back there. Yeah. Kansas that, City did the same thing last year with Dontari Poe. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. So uh, to summarize this division, who do you got winning? Who do you got Losing. Seahawks, number one. Secondly, I will go with Arizona. Third, San Fran. Fourth, L.A. To paraphrase Brad Pitt's character from Moneyball, there's Seattle. There's Arizona. Then there's 50 feet of crap. <laughs> then there's San Francisco and L.A. Nice. <laughs> I, I agree with that as well. Uh, yeah. Let's, uh, let's move to the uh, NFC North. Uh, this, is my, this is probably like... Interesting wise, this is definitely these last this two divisions are going to be good. These are, yeah, these are going to be two really good last divisions here. So first off, I'm going to start off with the uh, Lions uh, and Matt Stafford's big payday. The richest quarterback of all time. There, there was a stat that that came out. I guess there was like a uh, ESPN put out a uh, Dak Prescott calculator. Yeah, I saw some, that. Something like that. And someone tweeted that in the first ten minutes of the Lions game, uh, Matt Stafford will get more money than Dak Prescott will this year. Unbelievable. That's that's crazy. I mean, players get overpaid. Uh, I mean, Stafford deserves money. He does, but it's it's a lot of money. It's not all that. And the quarterbacks, the rating, the money going to be paid for quarterbacks now is just going to keep getting higher and higher and higher. I bet you Kirk Cousins is licking his chops looking at that deal. Oh yeah, he turned he turned into a cartoony with with the dollar signs in his eyes. Yeah, saw that. But here's the thing with Matthew Stafford. Here's one of the most interesting stats about Matthew Stafford. Is he a good quarterback? Yes, I believe he is. He's very consistent, too. He is. And when you, when it comes to Detroit, God knows you need that when your quarterback history is probably Bobby Lane and then followed by, I don't know, Scott Mitchell, Eric Hipple, Gary Danielson, it, Joey Harrington. Would you say Matt McMahon. Stafford's like the best quarterback they've ever had? Number two. Who's their first? Bobby Lane. Okay. He played He played in the 40s and whatnot, so I <laughs> I, I would not have even said that. <laughs> but go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> No, but Stafford's most interesting, Stafford's interesting, interesting stat. He is 5-46 and 46 against teams with a winning record. 5-46. and 46. To put that in perspective, as if I didn't need to do it, as if that those numbers don't speak for themselves, to put that in perspective, his extension at six years is higher than the number of wins he has against winning teams. That's a problem when you play the Packers twice a year. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um... <coughs> Yeah, I don't know about the Lions. Who I don't knows? know about them either because, really, other than Stafford, I'm really not sure if the, ca- if the casual fan could name, like, guys on their team anymore. Yeah, they had Megatron. Yeah, they had Ndamukong Sue. Yeah, the Lions made the playoffs last year, but can anyone remember one thing that happened in that game against Seattle? Here's all you really need to know about the Lions and Matthew Stafford. The Lions going into mid-December last season, they were 9-4, and 
two games up on the Packers in the NFC North. Mm-hmm. And yet everyone in America already knew that they would not only blow the third remaining three games against the Giants, uh, yeah. against the Cowboys, against the coming. Packers. Everyone knew they would lose those games, and everyone knew that the Packers would overtake them for that division. That's something you want to erase, and I don't think that's going to be erased anytime soon. That's Detroit's legacy, and it's going to take years for them to buck those stereotypes. Now, speaking of overhyped things, how about the Minnesota Vikings? Man, man did the Eagles end Sam Bradford's season last year. Mm. How fitting. Um, <laughs> yeah, they started off really well last year, 5-0, and yeah, then... What do you think went wrong there, Josh? I'm honestly not 100% sure what happened. I think I think their their success was not exactly sustainable. There was just something when you watched their team that there was a lot of lucky breaks on defense. There's a lot of lucky things on offense. I think uh, that's, I think that's that, that's my big thing. Like I don't think their defense is that great. I think, I think I their defense is very either. lucky. In those first five games, just a lot of things clicked. Even the, even in the first things. game, the first game where Sam Bradford didn't. Uh, play. They played the Titans, Titans and, and, right. and they won that. Sean and, Hill started for uh, Minnesota. And it was just like lucky deflection that they intercepted for run back for pick sixes. I think it was two in that game. Yes. I think that was an, that and like a couple field goals was enough to beat the Titans. Like ever, and the Titans were not as ta- were yeah. not the team. We well, Titans, Titans are definitely be- better this year. Yeah, oh, they definitely, yeah. definitely improved. Yeah. So much yeah. has changed for the Titans over the past calendar year, but really not much has changed for Minnesota. Yeah, and just everyone was like, With the oh, exception of Adrian Pearson, uh, of people were just like, oh, the Purple Monster is back, and mm-hmm. it's just like, uh, maybe not. It was back for the first five weeks. It was, when they, when I, they were 5-0, I was immediately thinking there's a better chance that they go 5-11 and rather than 16-0. and That's what I was thinking for the Vikings, but I really, I really see, I don't see them competing too much right now. They're they're gonna miss Adrian Peterson at least for this first year. They're just, you, they're just you, you don't count. you don't like uh, Dalvin Cook. There? I do like Dalvin Cook. I just don't. I Those think are some big shoes to feel. Oh, they are. Like, they there's are. a big shoes to fill. I mean, I Dalvin think... Cook. I mean, Latavius Murray once he gets healthy and then McKinnon. I mean, that, those are pre three pretty solid backs still. Pretty solid, but then again, running back is also a dying position in today's NFL. You look at the past few Super Bowl champions. Other than Marshawn Lynch, do you think the average fan could tell you who the running backs were in recent Super Bowl champions? Look at look what the Patriots do every year. They basically have a carousel of running backs going all around. They Guys, already have one going right now. Exactly. As a matter of fact, that's exactly right. Like who who foresaw Mike Gillisley scoring three touchdowns? I sure didn't. Team? I didn't. Ha- I didn't even start him on my fantasy team. Makes two of us. I drafted him, but didn't even start the guy. Same. Yeah. And and look at look at Green Bay for example. They had. James Starks is the running backs. When the Giants won Super Bowl 46 with Ahmad Bradshaw, their run game was ranked dead last in football that season. Mm-hmm. So running back, in a way, is a dying position in today's NFL. And you almost can't blame them because this is a league that cherishes the quarterback. Big you know, plays. It cherishes the quarterback, big plays. It's the epidemic, in a way, of fantasy football, of the disease of fantasy football. I shouldn't call it disease. Maybe that's a little harsh. But the NFL loves it. It's a it's a league that romanticizes. It may be harsh, that. but that, I, that makes sense though. It is. I don't I don't play any other fantasy other than football. I mean, I I do, just not in depth. But the, the, what I, what I mean is, this is a league that absolutely romanticizes the concept of passing. Look at the quarterback, for example. If you like breathe on the quarterback the wrong way, out comes the flag. Mm-hmm. Same thing. God with damn pa- it, tuck rule. <laughs> the, the same thing with passes downfield. If you like. If you nudge the receiver a little bit, 
flag spot of the foul penalty. This is the league that romanticized the concept of a high-scoring, high-yardage game right now. That's why running back seems to be like a dying position in today's NFL. You, Marshawn Lynch, and I wonder how he'll do in Oakland this year, Marshawn Lynch was one of the few running backs that could actively take over a game and chain, and be the it factor for an offense. Maybe that change, Maybe he'll keep that up in Oakland next year, and I really don't see that for any other back in this league right now. Not even Ezekiel Elliott, I might add. Not, well, what about like a Le'Veon Bell? A Le'Veon Bell? Well, look, the Steelers were pretty efficient without him. They had Roethlisberger. They had Antonio Brown. And D'Angelo Williams did a solid job stepping in as well. But also, I mean, Le'Veon Bell is kind of like a, like a, like the new era of running back. Like, what do you mean by that? Like catching a lot. Catching a lot. He like kind of kind of like uh Christian McCaffrey's got to be kind of like that. Maybe not to the extent of Le'Veon Bell, <laughs> but catching out of the backfield is got to be bigger in the 5 years from now than it is today. And it's already still pretty big. What I'm talking about is this is all about to me putting the V in MVP. Like for example, I believe oh, if well, you took if you took Le'Veon Bell out of the Pittsburgh offense, they would still be very efficient. They would still be a contender. If you took Marshawn Lynch outside of that's out of that Seattle offense back when it back when it was in its heyday. I don't think it would be okay. as efficient at all. That's okay. what no, all right, all right, beast mode and exactly the, the exactly. beast mode on. Back when Marshawn Lynch was in Seattle, I don't think I ever saw a play where a single hit brought him down. That's yeah, it, no, it, it wasn't it wasn't a thing. It didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Okay, it literally didn't exist. That's what I mean by that. No, 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 no. That that's awesome. But uh, why thank you. No, no, that that's that's a really good point. I, I didn't think I didn't think about it like that. So that that's awesome. Uh, but I think that's enough about the Vikings. How about Green Bay? Green Bay. I mean, they have a great offense. Uh, yeah, defense. Um, they don't have cheeseburger Eddie anymore. How well, crazy I don't. Is, I don't think they wanted. Yeah. Him. How crazy is that? That part of his contract is keeping under a certain weight. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. It's like kind of like a UFC fighter. Yeah. Reminds, <laughs> or, it, reminds, or reminds me back in the 80s, the LA Clippers signed – not the LA uh, – yes, the LA Clippers signed a guy named Quentin Daly. They literally suspended the guy for being too fat. Yeah. No, <laughs> def- definitely. Quentin I, Daly, by the way. Red Sox and story. Pablo Sandoval. That's right. That's right. Hey, fried chicken and beer for everyone. Am I right? I know yeah. it's like a different team. But, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I mean, speaking of new age running backs, converting a wide receiver to a running back, Ty Montgomery, a hidden gem last year for fantasy owners. Yeah, he definitely was I'm, there. Ho- I'm hoping he uh, does the same. I actually drafted him fairly high this year. And Ty Montgomery, it's gonna be, it's, first of all, it's going to be weird as all heck seeing a running back with a number 88 in the backfield. It's gonna take I, it, was re- it was weird last year, too. Yeah, exactly. I'm just going to take some de- – going to take even more getting used to this season but i think the packers are the definition of a team that succeeds in this nfl of romanticized offense they're a team yeah, that, can, that can absolutely next thing you know suddenly it's a 14 nothing game and aaron Rodgers, the dallas cowboys might have created the hail mary but aaron Rodgers perfected it how many times do we have to see him at the end of the game throw the ball down field. and it's you know it's like you know how you said defender. everyone knew that the lions were going to be blowing the division to the packers yep it seems like every time now aaron Rodgers is lining up for hail mary i was like he's got it of course it's a guarantee it's, like, it's literally a guarantee like you know it like you know it's coming mm-hmm. it's a, at this point and the packers are his team they have offensive heroes on emerge from all over the place guys like randall cobb and Devonte adams they're going to be a team that 
Yeah, I mean, it just blows opponents off the field. And they sure. and they added uh, Martellus Bennett, and which is a huge improvement for uh, for a tight end. That's exactly right. I believe he could be a J- or Jermichael Finley type back, hmm. tight end, excuse me, for Aaron Rodgers in that offense. So I think Green Bay is going to be very interesting. They're going to do big things this year. Yeah, it's just the only thing that I think is definitely their weak spot is just overall their defenses. Yes, not up to what they should be. And then finally, the uh, Bears. The Bears. Yeah. Uh, I still, I still, in in my opinion, I still don't understand if you trade up so high, how Mitchell Trubisky isn't the starting quarterback, and how you made a move for Glennon. You very well. Oh my goodness, Mike Glennon. I think Johnny he, Fox, my old neighbor. What are you doing, bud? You know what? I, I told John Fox when I saw him at the combine this year. I told him how we, how we used to play football with his sons, and uh, yeah, I don't think he remembered, but he was very, very nice. He's probably just so. like, all right, fuck off, reporter. Oh, <laughs> oh, shots <laughs> fired. Ouch. Sorry. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, do you want some water for that burn? <laughs> no, I got some right here. As a matter of fact, but, uh, I just wow. Over, I didn't oh, see that coming. Uh, just just poking <laughs> fun. <laughs> no, of course, of course. But I mean, I mean that they don't really have too much impressive things going on on the offense. Well, it's definitely a, a rebuild year. I just still like. I mean, I get it that Mike Glennon is the starting quarterback over Mitchell Trubisky, but you traded so high to get this guy. But here's the thing about Glennon. I think members of the Trump of the Donald Trump president presidency's cabinet are going to have their jobs longer than Mike Glennon is going to have the starting quarterback job. True. And now that's saying players. something. <laughs> Survivor <Yeah>. White House. <laughs> yeah, that was a great cover in the New York Post as a matter of fact. That was great, but here's the thing about here's the thing about Trubisky. I think I do think the Bears traded up too high. They gave up way too much. They gave up four picks just to move up one spot to select Trubisky. And I don't think the Niners were even going to pick Trubisky in the first place, as a matter of fact. Well, so I, John, I mean, John, that, that's, that's, part of the, that's part of the reason why I'm kind of high on, like, the 49ers. They're, they're rebuilding and they're doing it right. Yeah, but they just have no quarterback. They that's don't the have a quarterback. I mean, and look at all the guys that they just got they, for they, a guy that's going to sit on the bench in Chicago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Although, uh, although I, think, I think by Halloween, Trubisky will be the starter. I, I'd give him sooner. one of those teams, yep. I, I, I'd have to say sooner. I think we'll see him back. I, I think not bad. I think I think I, de- I definitely think Glennon is better. Uh, just comparing, say what I was saying about the uh, Texans, Glennon is definitely better than Savage in my opinion. So he will last longer. A very small sample size for each, but I think you're mm-hmm. right because I think Glennon Glennon was actually doing fairly solid in Tampa Bay before they went off and drafted Jameis Winston, but. You look at him this preseason. Trubisky did impress me this preseason, but I never really. They also just didn't him. like play him a lot. No, like, they, like, were, the they fir- were the talking first, like, about two... how lopsided it was. He only saw one first half drive Glenn. in the first two games. Wait, Glenn. Um, no, no, Trubisky. Trubisky. Oh, okay. First okay. two preseason games, he yeah. only saw one first half drive. That he did. That's why I don't like to put too much stock in the preseason results because you're going up against a bunch of practice squad guys who will be playing over in the arena league in a couple weeks, and you don't, and you don't. You can't you can't take much too too much stock in this. Mm-hmm. But Trubisky, I think, will be starting. I think Chicago has invested too much in him to keep him languishing on the bench for too long. He impressed me during the preseason, but again, it's like I literally just said, it's a preseason. I think, I definitely think Chicago. You want to talk about a team that's had a very jilted quarterback history? Look no further than the Chicago Bears. I don't think they've had a franchise quarterback since Sid Luckman back in the 40s. Mm, no, Cutler is probably the closest thing. Probably the closest thing, yes. But he's probably the second best quarterback in franchise history, which should tell you. Well, 85 see. Bears. Who was that Jim again? McMahon. Jim McMahon. McMahon. I mean, well, he, he was all, good. He was good. He was good, but, like, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't the reason why they were winning. No, of course not. He was the Trent Dilfer of his day. Or mm. Brad Johnson, if you will. 
But yeah. <laughs> but, but I actually, I've actually met Jim McMahon a couple times. He's a very nice guy. He uh, he does like he loves to share his stories about the '85 Barry. He's a great guy and everything. So it is a little harsh to compare him to the Dovers and the Johnsons in the world. He is a good quarterback. He's just not Canton material. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, of course. But he's a good guy. But anyway, about the modern day Bears, they're a team that's clearly on a re- rebuild. They're definitely te- a team that's going to t- need a couple years to fully get back into the swing of things. They just had a very devast- they had another pr- devastating preseason injury in losing Cameron Meredith, who w- became just another statistic in the fact that there's way too many preseason games in today's NFL that we could do an entire show on that. By the way, but I digress. Probably. Chicago is still a work in progress. I think John Fox is a is a good coach. He just needs a couple years to get this all together. Mm-hmm. All right, so to end up on the NFC North, who you got first, who you got last? I will go with Packers, Lions, Vikings, Bears. I, again, we agree. We're in, we're in sync today. I, yeah, I, I would. I would. It, 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 it's, it's like we you would we'd known each other for years, right? Oh my God! It's like I, th- I think the Wayne Valley blood is just connecting. Not Wayne Valley. Wayne PAL blood is just connecting with yeah. us today. It's crazy. Je- Jeff and I grew up in the same town. I went to Wayne Valley High School. Jeff ended up going to Don Bosco, but he would have been a Hills boy anyway. I w- I'm gonna go Green Bay Vikings Lions Bears. All right. Yeah. So a little switch in the middle, but on the outsides, we're the same. And then uh, finally. Let's go with the NFC South. Shout out to all of you who have actually stuck with us for these past two hours, baby. <laughs> Don't scream at me. <laughs> Waking right. them back up. But uh, first off, Falcons. Are they going to return to the Super Bowl? No. 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 I don't even think they'll repeat as a winner of that division. I'm going to be so bold right now. This might be the boldest take I have on the show. The Falcons are not going to make the playoffs. Mm. Yeah, I I see you I, went really bold with that. I say they're not going to win the division because it's like the NFC East. Name the last time a team repeated in that division. I don't think it's happened. Yeah, yeah I, I I I I don't. I would say that they will get back to the playoffs, but they get another wild card position. I don't think because look, they blew a twenty-eight three lead in the Super Bowl. That's not just something you brush off and go back to work the next day. They're going to be reminded of that forever mm-hmm. and. People love to compare it to the Golden State Warriors blowing a 3-1 lead in the NBA Finals. I don't see that at all. Because when the Warriors blew that 3-1 lead, literally the second that series ended, you just think, eh, they'll, they'll, they'll probably get they'll, they'll get one next year, maybe, and like five more after that. I don't see that with the Atlanta Falcons. First of all, the NFC South has somewhat changed in the form of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay, I saw a team as like a year or two away last year. Well, they're finally here, and I think Tampa Bay is going to win this division. Also for Atlanta, I just think their confidence is just going to be at an all-time low. I just they they remind me so much of of the Carolina Panthers from Super Bowl Fifty, and I think that's going to be the same fate for them. It's just not going to work out. And by the way, Stadium, you put a chick you put a Chick Fil A in there, and they don't open on Sunday. So, well done, well done, guys. Someone got fired. <laughs> no, I mean they're going to be open for other things though. Atlanta United plays the their first game tomorrow there, but it's a Sunday. Yeah, oh well, oh well. Unlucky. But uh, next, let's go with the Panthers. Yeah, I was about to say, that'd be a good way to lead into the Panthers. Um, yeah. Are they going to rebound? 
I say a little bit. Slightly, but not majorly. Do you think Cam is going to have a... Is it going to be because of Cam or because of other additions that they made? I think it's going to be more... Do, Cam will have, will have a resurgence here, but I think it's going to be more of the McCaffrey edition. I, think I completely has, agree. I think he has the potential to be a Marshall. I think he's going to be very I, I good. Think, I think McCaffrey pretty much was drafted there, so it would just take stress off, off Cam. Yes. So Cam could like find a target if he can't go down the field to find someone. He just dump it off to McCaffrey. McCaffrey can run for six yards, seven yards, right, maybe that, even fifteen. Either right, that or Cam would be more comfortable using his legs, which very much played a factor in Carolina's NFC Championship two years ago. Yeah, I mean they they still have such a they have a great target in Kelvin Benjamin. They have a great target in Greg Olson. Now they added Christian McCaffrey in the backfield as as a runner and also as a great target. So they definitely improved on offense. Defense, I mean, their defense has always been good, or at least for the past few years, and I don't see them really digressing, really. I mean, as long as, like, say, like, Luke Geekly stays healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't see them going downhill. I just think the division is just just too competitive for it them. Is a, it is a very yeah, – uh, the NFC South and even the NFC East are probably the top two competitive divisions, which is how, which how close they are. I'm gonna go Definitely. either. I'm gonna go east and the AFC West is my top two. True. Okay. Personally. Uh, yeah, that's all I have on the uh the Panthers. Let's uh let's check out the Saints. The Saints brought in AP all day. What do you think about his chances down in with New Orleans? I think I, decent. I think they're pretty decent. I just I feel like the Saints are another one of those teams that they just need to start the rebuilding. I agree. I agree a hundred percent and. You saw they were trying to prepare somewhat for the future by drafting Colorado State's Garrett Grayson in the third round a couple years back, but that project didn't go out while he was part of the final roster cuts. And for any Saints fan who's expecting like monster things from Adrian Peterson, I'm just going to tell you now, curb your enthusiasm a little bit because I don't think Adrian Peterson is the running back he once was. He's Not at all. Off, he's coming off a gruesome injury last season, and I think he's not going to come back. He's not going to be the old AP at all. So no, not at all. Don't go expecting crazy cuts, crazy spins. Don't go expecting 1,300 yards. I think he can very much contribute to a New Orleans running game that has struggled to find consistency in Mark Ingram. Uh-huh. But I don't think it's gonna. you're going to see the AP of old down there. Okay. I mean, I, I don't have anything else. I mean... I mean, Drew Brees is Drew Brees. He'll find targets wh- whoever it is. I mean, they, I mean, they have Willie Sneeds and Cooks. And, uh, Cooks isn't there. Uh, not, not Cooks. I'm, I'm, at, I'm at Thomas. Uh, sorry. And Sneed, actually, I believe, is suspended for the yeah, first he's three fr- games. Yeah, he's first three games. But, I mean, they still they still have targets down there. I mean, like I said, he'll find targets. So, he'll I don't think it's a really... And then, finally, which sounds like uh, Jeff is your top pick, yes. would, would be the Bucks. Tampa Bay is my divisional pick. Like I said, Tampa Bay... Are you are you, are you on that, uh, that Hard Knocks hype? <laughs> like everyone gets on every year? See, that's my HBO summer programming, not Game of Thrones. All right, see, I'll, yeah. I'll give you that. I'll give you Hard Knocks. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> so how do you think Deshaun Jackson ends up in I, Tampa? I think Deshaun Jackson is made – again, much like Adrian Peterson in New Orleans, don't go expecting, you know, the Deshaun Jackson of old. Don't go expecting, you know, muff punt returns that magically become touchdowns and 21-point comebacks Miracle or anything. the Meadowlands number two. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And again, he was there for that. But don't go expecting the Deshaun Jackson goal. Don't go expecting that. Don't go expecting, you know, falling backwards in the end zone. But 
he can be a solid number two presence, which is fine because te because unlike New Orleans, who is expecting Adrian Peterson to be a number one back down there, they are expecting the Adrian Peterson of old down there, I believe. Tampa Bay has the future, the present, if you will, in Mike Evans. Hey, Mike and, uh, Evans, I mean... Even their even their backup running back Sims until uh, Doug Martin comes back until, exactly until Doug Martin comes back. I mean that they're pretty solid there. Not to mention the addition of first round pick OJ Howard, Alabama graduate tight end. They also have Cameron Brait. Hey, did you guys know he went to Harvard? Because he's and they also brought Ryan Fitzpatrick a quarterback this season. So safe to say the Buccaneers might well, be a lot, the smartest a lot of, team in the NFL this a season. A lot of brains on that offense, right? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I could definitely see them being the. Uh, the number one for you guys. Who do you think? Oh, actually, one question I wanted to ask before we go into that, uh, and it also obviously can pertain to the Miami Dolphins. Do you think that their, that their first week bye week is going to be a huge impact for uh, for both straight games for both the Bucks and Miami? I, well, I don't think I don't think it'll be as big as people say because you look at certain teams that have won the Super Bowl, they have had to play. 20 straight weeks, not, not 20 straight weeks, but they've had to play 16 straight weeks at times. Maybe not too often, but they have definitely had to do it a couple times. And when it comes to that, look, it's not the most ideal solution by any stretch of the imagination, but it's for the best. These players need to be with their families at this time. Mm -hmm. We forget sometimes in, in the span of the NFL, these guys are just human after all. We have to remember that these guys have families, other than the fact that they can run faster than us, and they can catch a ball bear us, and hit way, way, way better than us. At the end of the day, they're still human. They still have emotions. They have souls. They're people. They have families. And I think this is the best solution. They need to be with their families mm -hmm. at this time. And we send our thoughts and prayers to anyone listening in the Florida area uh, going through the horrors of Hurricane Irma at this time. Amen. Yeah, amen to that. It should be hitting overnight there tonight. It's awfully close. So our hopes... And prayers with everyone down there. You know, hope everything's okay. Mm -hmm. uh, to end on that, who do you think is at the top of this division? Who do you think is at the bottom of this division? Uh, Got to go Bucks, followed up by the Falcons, because I think they will get a wild card spot still. And then I will say the Panthers and then the Saints in last. Nothing against the Saints. Again, it's a very competitive division. And I just feel like Carolina is going to bounce back a little bit, but not enough. The Falcons are still a decent enough team, even though they will struggle with blowing the 28-3 lead. But it's got to like like it's got to happen for the Titans. I think this year it's got to happen for the Bucks. Yeah. I, I I agree with that 100 safe for the Falcons in the uh, wild card spot talk. I I don't have a disagreement on this one either. All right, man, yeah. we are just that good. <laughs> All right, uh. To uh, end, our, I guess, our, our uh, NFL preview, the way I wanted to do it was, obviously, we kind of have, like, our basic idea of, like, the four divisions. Who do you think is going to be wild cards? Go for AFC first. In AFC, uh, top wild card will be Kansas City. Second wild card will be Houston. I will say Kansas City as well as Texans. I'll say Kansas. I will agree with you on that. Kansas City and Bengals. My my wild cards there. Uh, what about AFC? I mean, I mean I'm in the <laughs> NFC. NFC. Sorry, sorry, sorry. NFC. Uh, they both come out of the NFCs. Dallas and Philadelphia in that order. I will say New York and Atlanta. I will say 
Atlanta. That was very, very painful. Breaking breaking our uh, trend of uh, agreements, but I, gu- I guess I can tolerate it. That hurt. I, I'll also agree with you, Feds. Uh, New York and Atlanta mm-hmm. for B wild cards. Okay. And finally, who wins it overall? Like I said at the uh, top of the program, Oakland commences the most awkward Super Bowl celebration in the history of Super Bowl celebrations. Takes the Super Bowl takes Super Bowl Fifty Two over Green Bay at U.S. Bank Stadium in Minnesota this year. Nice. Who do you got, Feds? I have to think about this one. Rick, you go first. I'm still trying to think about it. All right. Uh, I'm going to go out on the limb and say offense wins championships. I I don't like being a homer, but Steelers, Steelers are going to win it over Green Bay and get the revenge. Okay. Yeah. Okay. A little revenge for Super Bowl 45 right there. I'm thinking revenge for the Raiders all the way back in Super Bowl 2. <laughs> 33-14 Raiders over the Packers. Uh, Packers over the Raiders back then. All right, Feds, you got to go. I'll say Raiders over Packers. Ugh. Dude, you are – now you're just copying. Yeah, now it's just I copy it's paste right there, man. I think it's blatant, man. No, no, no. I really will say – well, because I think the Raiders are going to do it, and I think <laughs> it's just destiny for someone to take out New England. When you look at the NFC, I mean, other than the Giants, name the team in the NFC that really has a standout defense. The whole saying, defense is a premium, defense wins championships. Maybe Seattle, but other than that. Maybe Seattle. So I'd say either Seattle or Green Bay. And I'd take Green Bay's offense over Seattle's offense at this current moment. Fair enough. And my thing with, yeah, I know I just said defense wins championships as far as the Giants. I still think something that will come back to haunt them is I still don't see that great of a season from Eli, even with those wide receivers around them. I do think that offensive line and the running game it's going to make the Giants too predictable. You stop the passing game, you win. All right. Well, this was a marathon. <laughs> I'm ready to, for bed. To say the least. Uh, once again, thank you, Jeff, for showing up. I really pre- appreciate you uh, making the commute. You definitely made this a lot better. Oh, guys, I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, it was fun. It was first ever fun. guest, a historic moment for oh, us at it. the Wide Open Sportscast. Save the best for first, guys. I love it. Uh, let's <laughs> no, but um, I really appreciate you guys having me here. And uh, – Remember, you can follow us over on follow me over on Twitter at JeffMags5490, G-E-O-F-F-M-A-G-S-5490. And also on my publications account, The Giant Insider, at Giant Insider. Same for our Instagram over at TGI. So thanks for uh, having me on once again, guys. Really appreciate it. All right, boys, it. one last thing. Uh, something, Rick, I want to start with you real quick. And then, oh, Jeff, you can feel free to participate in us as well as you join the Wide Open Sports family. Um, let's keep track. Let's do wins and losses, picking games for the week. Oh boy. Um, week week one, Jets Bills. I go with Bills. Yeah, I go Bills too. Not my sins. Let's leave it at that. Yeah. Okay, um, Bills as well. Eagles Redskins definitely taking Bird Gang. Redskins. I too will go Philadelphia. Raiders Titans going Oakland. Oakland. Raiders. Um, Jags Texans have to give it to Houston. Texans. Yeah, Texas. Cardinals, Lions. I'm going to give that one to the Cardinals on the road. Lions. Uh, Steelers at the Browns. Steelers. Let's save our, save our humanity here. Um, the Falcons at the Bears. It's another one. Atlanta. I think Baltimore will defeat Cincinnati on the road. I'd give that one to Baltimore. Cincinnati. I'm going to go Bengals as well. Colts at Rams. Oh, my goodness. Rams. I, I actually, actually I say I think Rams. I'm taking the Rams. Yeah. 
Tolzine, Gawk, next on CBS. I don't think they had that in mind, but <laughs> I think I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go Rams too. Um, Panthers at 49ers. Carolina. Yeah, Carolina. Carolina. Uh, let's go take a look at the Seahawks at the Packers. Packers. Pack. pack. Go, Pack. Go. Um, night game, Giants-Dallas. Dallas. It's close, aren't they always? But I'm going to go Giants. I will go Giants because Dak does not do well against New York. That's such a small sample size, it though. It really is. It is, but let's just stay with that. And Here's then, a trivia question for you guys. Can you guys name the last non-normal quarterback to beat the Giants? Like on the... Uh, I like that one. Kyle Orton. <laughs> Uh, I have no idea. That'd be John <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed that at all. Jeez. all right. And then uh, Monday night games: New Orleans at Minnesota. Oh. I'm gonna go New Orleans. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Minnesota. I'm gonna go Minnesota there. And then lastly, Chargers in Denver. 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 Yeah, I'll have to pick Denver on that one as well. All right, so we'll keep track of this. We'll keep you guys Again, updated f- on the record. We'll, we'll post it on our Twitter and all, and on our. Uh, on our uh, post for this one, we'll we'll post all your Twitter stuff there as well. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Uh, again, you could uh, if you could like, comment, subscribe on this episode. Uh, you can follow us at Wide Open Underscore Sports on Twitter, and just say one more time, Jeff, where at Twitter can we follow you? At Jeff Mags five four nine zero. Would anyone like to know the reasoning behind those numbers? <gasps> Fifty four was your number at Don Bosco. Ninety was your number at Marist. Other way around, but yes. All right, I knew it was your yeah. football numbers. And then, again, thanks, guys. Uh, if you stayed with us, thank you for with, staying with us through this journey. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eh, cut that out. <laughs> All right, bye, guys. Do you believe these guys are our future leaders in America? Thank you so very much for all the appreciation and all the great moments that we've experienced together. You stay classy. That's all, folks.